Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 67. And today we are sitting down with Rob from Track Tough. What's up? Rob, thank you so much, man. I uh, I always say it, like time is the only currency that we really have. Yeah. And for you to spend the, the two plus hours driving down here just to have this conversation, I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So thank you so much. But um. I've been following you on social media for, I'd say, at least the last year or two. It, it, it's been a little while, man, and yeah. I, I've seen the the products that you're coming out with and uh, the uh, the details that you focus on, and I, I've been intrigued, yeah. man. I so, appreciate uh, that. Let, let, let's tell everybody that's not familiar with you uh, what you do. Um, so I guess the category that you'd stuff me into would be fabricator and i know that a lot of people have that title now yeah um uh, i i don't i don't really consider myself a fabricator like most people would think of the word um my product line is kind of narrowed down to a specific style of product and it's what i do i, I feel comfortable doing a lot of other things but you know for the most part it's it's welding aluminum yeah um, i I weld aluminum every single day, so I would say I'm maybe more a welder yeah. than I'm a fabricator, but um, I can get down, you know, making stuff from scratch. Occasionally, you know, I, I get the request for some odd, you know, yeah. product or something, but yeah, it's um, cooling system parts, uh, a lot of different billet uh, water necks and things of that nature, um, and then tanks that are fabricated off of those billet parts. Um, make a couple of other items product line kind of used to be a more widespread it was more of a diverse product offering gotcha. or originally but over time uh customers kind of seem to demand this one type of product so the product line is kind of tapered uh inward towards that and some of those those more you know less known products have disappeared gotcha uh, just don't really have time to to market them and, and maybe they were never really um profitable in the first place it was just making sure that when people sought me out on the internet that they didn't arrive at a website with two things yeah you know, there was there was something it, it was worth visiting the site for you know there were you know 13 items at first and then it grew and just kept growing so Got you. So is it mostly focused around the Honda Acura community? Uh, as of right now, yeah. The, the, the If it wasn't for the K-Series engine and being kind of an early adopter on that motor, I, I had my hands in that motor real early. Um, I don't think I would have had the opportunity. It was getting to know something that nobody knew. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was because the B-Series was... Uh, belt driven the k-series was chain driven people were really afraid of it they didn't want to mess with it and then the cost of you know entry was was high you know yeah. like that that was that i think was what kept most people away but i was so interested in it because there wasn't anything known about it so i invested a lot of time and energy and in, in getting familiar with it and then um you know kind of gravitated towards the cooling system side because so many people were having issues with the with burping 
the cooling system after doing an, an engine repair or overheating at a track. So, oh, really? Yeah, it was. It was um, a very small part of the business. It was actually more. I was more interested in like oil control. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of track cars were experiencing you know engine failures as a result of not being able to keep oil around the oil pump. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. I guess just being in that in that group of people or around them, hearing some of the other issues that they were having and it kind of caught my ear and I knew a thing or two about it and decided to put a little bit of effort into that. And now the whole business has kind of shifted towards, you know, cooling system. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. I, I have some, I have some really great friends in the industry that started their businesses doing one thing and the customers support their, their loyalty kind of shifted their focus to something else and now they're just killing it. So nice. Uh, I, I hope, I hope to kind of, you know, take their lead and, and, and continue to do what I'm doing. So Definitely, it's, man. It's um, the products that you come out with. They're, uh, they're very unique because uh, I, I see a lot of them where you can, they're even DIY kind yeah. of setups that you offer. Yeah. So the, so the idea is, and I, I think that this is a great platform to, to, to announce this. I think a lot of people maybe, think I created it and yeah. in, in no way, shape or form do I take that credit. This is, this is a product that has existed, uh, for, for a long time. Uh, you generally only found it in like the upper echelon of like motorsports. You, you'd find them on real race cars yeah. and, and not necessarily drag cars, but circuit cars, you know? So taking, taking a concept that was already mechanically sound, and and had a, a real purpose and and making that fit my own personal cars really at first that was the only time that i would do it is for myself yeah um and knowing that it solved uh multiple problems um and then i realized like why am i being stingy you know, what, <laughs> yeah. I, i'm not i'm not sharing this with anybody and I, I i made a couple for for friends that were having similar situations you know issues with not being able to bleed it or an air pocket um, always plaguing them as they were trying to, you know, iron out all the, all the details, making these cars ready for, you know, the track. So, um, you know, word of mouth was, uh, responsible for where, you know, where I am now. And then obviously having the other things like social media, they became something people expected. So yeah. keeping up with that, um, I, I do a lot of custom stuff. Um, uh, there's, there's like a core product line, I guess you would say things that people, you know, kind of come to you uh, for on, on a regular basis. Yeah. But lately it's, I think people really love, love the idea that they don't have to buy that cookie cutter, uh, combination. If they have a, a specific want or need, you know, they can articulate that to me, whether it be through a phone call an email or, you know, a, a technical drawing and, you know, and I'll just work with them on delivering exactly what it is that they want. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a lot of fun because, you know, you, you get to try new stuff. I don't know too many people that like doing the same thing over and over. And over yeah. Again. So it keeps it fresh, you know, and, um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, you know, working with this stuff and being able to really kind of put your name on it, you know, knowing that this, this came from just a bunch of pieces, scrap pieces. So yeah, where, where did it all come from? Where, where did this, uh, where did the business even get started from? So I wanted to be a business owner or get into business uh, 
as early as 94. Really? Like, dead serious. Like, there might be a couple of people who are going to end up watching this that, that can vouch for it. Um, I was really heavy like in into sport compact car scene back in 94 before before there was really even a scene no way the the very first car that um that i remember catching my interest was uh it was a little white civic hatchback uh and it was my senior year in high school uh this guy had a bunch of stickers all over the thing and and uh, I wasn't really exactly like hype on the sticker part, but it definitely got my attention. You know, yeah. I'm like, well, why is this guy so guy stickers all over? You know, <laughs> so it it made me walk up to him and ask him some questions. And then the car was loud, and it was different loud. Like I had hot rods, like domestics. I had a couple of like souped up air cooled Volkswagens, and yeah, you know, totally different sound. It sounded really annoying. It sounded angry, and um, I I got to talking to this guy and we talked more and more and more and you know he brought me into this 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 thing you know this industry that hadn't even really become an industry yet it was just a an underground type of yeah 94 yeah 94 and then in 95 you started seeing more and more people getting into it product support was like non-existent there was little to no product and if there was it was really high dollar imported stuff from you know other countries so uh only a handful of shops uh this is all like san gabriel valley i grew up in in la puente uh so you're talking like uh the the end of the san gabriel valley and beginning of like the inland empire okay you had shops like skyline robocar um, uh, there was a uh, Han Motorsports pit crew, uh, before pit crew, there's cruising. And then there was, um, pocket rocket Wow. and, and all these, all these shops were really kind of like grungy and dirty and, and the hours were weird. They were, it, it were wrenching till late at night. And it was, it was a real interesting environment to be around, you know, like people were real friendly and you just you just kind of got hooked, you know? Um, so I was messing with cars, uh, mainly because I was the one guy that was capable. Like I could do pretty much anything anybody wanted me to do. Uh, and not a lot of that has to do with like, say education. It was more just, just the passion for it and, and, and getting into something that little to few people really knew how to do. So, um, I was always turning wrenches, uh, modifying cars, doing things that you could do because of the lack of product support and um, cars just started kind of going faster and faster and more more companies started embracing the industry and more products became available and there was always these um these moments where someone would come out with a product that maybe i i thought of where i was like you know like yeah dude and we me and my <laughs> homies would look at each other like we should have done that. <laughs> didn't, didn't we talk about that? And he's like, yeah, man, you should. And like, nobody ever sat me down and talked to me about how to start a business. That's why I really thought that was cool of you to, to put that out there. Uh, there's, there's so much that you don't know about business. And the, the funny thing is it's not, it's not as scary as I think people, you know, initially think it is. It's yeah. just that there's just a lack of, uh, of like, steps like the, the fundamentals like what you need to do 
uh, and money's not s- so much the most important part. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely. I find that it's the drive that you have to have, and the hustle, and the and the the want. You know, the willingness yeah. not to take no for an answer. Well, sacrifice is probably. I think that that's probably the the number one thing. And and I know when you're young uh, and and you're interested in maybe possibly starting a business, sacrifice is not the first thing you think of. Like mm-hmm. your people aren't people aren't going to do that because they are young. You know, you don't want to give something up to have something else. I yeah. mean, that's generally a lesson you learn later in life. Like, you know, there's pros and cons, you know, like for me at that time, I don't even know if somebody actually did break it down to me, whether or not I would have followed their advice because I was so young and so dumb that yeah. I, I, I might've just, that, that information probably would have went right over my head. So the fact that, you know, you invite others to encourage uh, people, you know, you hear it from multiple sources. Maybe that helps drive that message because you're not just hearing it from one person. You're hearing it from multiple people. Multiple people are saying, hey, this is something that you can do. Yeah. You got to have a good concept and you just got to be dedicated to it. You know, you, yeah, sacrifice. You, you've got to make the sacrifice. Um, so, you know, seeing these things going on around me from 96 through um, 2000, I, I would say, is, is about the time when I really started to think about, you know, what I would do if I was to have a business. But I was working for a number of well-known companies in the industry. Um, very first job I had in, in the sport compact car market was uh, I worked for Diamond Bar Honda. Uh, okay. they, had a, they had a performance parts division. And I, I kind of managed that whole thing. So and what type of parts did they offer back then? You, anything that was, um, like easy to install at a dealership that wouldn't necessarily like immediately void your warranty. Gotcha. So they wanted, they wanted to, they wanted to offer the, the, the products that were, you know, attractive to the consumers that they could even maybe like roll into like a package for financing a vehicle. Gotcha. Uh, so it was, it was, it was the first of its kind. I, I know that there are a couple of dealerships that do that still today. Uh, but at, at that time, this is like 96, 97, we were doing like tons of AEM intake installs, uh, exhaust systems. You know, if it wasn't pre-made, like big box type stuff from like HKS or Gretty, uh, we, we probably wouldn't do it. I think we did some thermal research and development stuff. We dabbled in like Iceman intakes, but AEM was like the core intake brand. Um, Jackson Racing, uh, we installed a ton of superchargers. Uh, because they were OE friendly, uh, we, you know, the dealership didn't mind doing the installs if it didn't impact emissions. So. So was that the thing you could put anything on yeah. as long as it was carb legal? Yeah, if it was carb legal or gotcha. it had an executive order number attached to it, then you can you can you know come to us and we would install it and we we would word things kind of carefully. We weren't we weren't telling you that you could take your car to any dealership and they would honor your warranty if you had a problem. Yeah. Um, what we were basically saying is that you bought the car here, you had the accessories installed here. We're not going to turn you away if you have some sort of unrelated failure that we would overlook that detail. You know, yeah. where a lot of a lot of dealerships, you know, the minute you came in, the car was lowered, it had wheels on it, they'd turn you around, they'd reject you, and it sucked, you know? Yeah. So there was um, there was something unique about what we did and 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 that that got me I got my feet wet as far as doing like the retail sale, you know, talking to customers and and dealing with these parts and 
that eventually led to uh, my second job in the industry, and that was working for AEM. I worked for AEM from 2000 through 2007. Wow. So, yeah, did a bit there. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, really learned, you know, what it took to, to, to you know, put a brand out there and, and, and sell a product. And I traveled a ton. Uh, probably the worst time in my life to travel. Really? Uh, yeah, I was, you know, left a wife and and a young family at home every time I left, and I was, I was gone a lot. Like, you usually fly out on either a Thursday or Friday. You're gone um, Saturdays, Sundays, and maybe if you're lucky, you get a a late flight on Sunday. Sunday yeah, and you come home. But AEM was a it was a machine. You know, they they expected me back in the office Monday. And, you know, there, a lot of it was like download or decompress, share your information, run reports, get back on task, you know, deal with the accounts that I had, um, re you know, represented. And, and I was such a company man, you know, I never said no, I was I wanted to grow, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, advance as quickly as I could. So I felt like the best way to do that is always be the yes guy. You know, so if they asked me to do something, even if it was like no notice. Yeah. Uh, I remember Kirk Miller, I believe he's still with the company, would come and tap me on my shoulder. And he's like, I need you to fly out. I'm like, when? He's like, tomorrow. Really? Like, Dude, that's that sucks. Like, I haven't prepared. Yeah. I'm not ready. Uh, so it was it was really tough on the family unit. I wasn't making like enough money to to keep the wife home and let her just be a full-time mother. So my wife also worked. I meant the kids were at like a daycare and and I really, really didn't like that concept. Like dad's never home. When I did get home, I had a newborn and wouldn't even come to me. Really? Seriously. And wow. I think it was, that was, that was like the moment I realized like I'm not doing the right thing. I, I thought maybe I was being a little selfish by wanting to continue to work in this industry and and not have the balls to say something to my employer. And finally I did, I, I, I told him like, I can't do this job. Like you gotta find a younger dude that, yeah. that can do this and travel and love it. And um, I'll just stay here, you know, I'll, I'll just come to the office and do the nine to five or, you know, eight to five. Now back then was uh, AEM, what, what was its role in the industry as far as uh, was it, well, one of the leaders or was it? I would say so. Yeah, they um, they were responsible for everything at that point. Like they did they did uh, multiple things, not just intake systems. I think intake systems were their what really kind of made them who they were and allowed them to do other stuff. But they were doing fuel rails, regulators. They did power pulleys. Uh, were they doing managements at that time? Um, not until the later years. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. They they they. They always wanted to. I know that that was part of the whole name, Advanced Engine Management. I think uh, management was part of the company in its in its early early years when they were more of like a like a destination. Like you'd go there to get cars uh, tuned or um, um, you know, I guess kind of tie some of the other products that they made. They were more like a service facility. And then they got away from that and went into full-blown like manufacturing. And um, I know that the owner of the company, John Concialdi, yeah, he was one John. of the elders. Yeah. Uh, and then Greg Neuwirth, 
they wanted to get back to that. So that's something that they did towards the end of my career. I think I think I left after about two years of um, that product line being available. Got you. So you uh, realized that um, you were giving up more than you were receiving and you're focusing your energy on. Uh... Yeah, the business was good to me, but it, it just. It wasn't good timing. Yeah, it was like it, it had had I had I put off having a family uh, longer, then it would have been awesome. But when when you look at like what I had to do and what they were expecting of me and my my personal life, the the things that were going on, just it, it didn't work. Um, it was it was hard. It was hard to accept that you know I wasn't getting paid well enough to not know my kids. You know, like some people will make that they'll make that that call. Like mm -hmm. they'll they'll sacrifice a family relationship for the dollar. You know, and you you see that uh, the school my kids go to. Um, the dads are almost never around. Like yeah. they're they're chasing the money. And it's usually it was, it was really innocent to begin with, you know? It's like they 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 he made money, you you end up changing your lifestyle to match the the income and then eventually you you, you lose track of of what was really important, you know? And now you just know that you have the bills, so you can't stop. So you can't just go, "Hey, you know, I want to get back to what was most important. That's family. And and I want to go see my kid play games and do all the things like, no, now I got the big house and I got, you know, three car payments and you've got all the nice stuff and you got to figure out how to pay for it. And usually you get you trapped, know, you get trapped. Yeah, yeah, you get stuck. You're just, you know, like this is this is my life now. And um, I I would be there, actually, uh, if it weren't for probably the. The worst and the best thing that happened to me. Um, so I left AEM. I went to work for Group A, uh, Skunk 2. Okay. I probably would have been there for seven years or more. Uh, just long-term, you know, relationships and or, or employment is is what I was looking for. So I, you I, left in 2007. So I left in 2000, the end of 2007, uh, 2008. And then I worked, uh, I worked for Group A. Okay. Uh, left Group A on an opportunity to move out of the state. So King Motorsports came knocking on the door. In Wisconsin. I left, yeah, I left California. Um, I looked at it like this is just a huge opportunity for me to to move to a place where life kind of slowed down. Yeah. Uh, California, everyone's to just like. To a halt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out there, bro. God, all right. To all a right. halt. So a I can't, I can't, is, can't lie to you. Then. <laughs> a week is a month out there, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to all my family out there in Wisconsin. You guys got to move to California. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was funny uh, when we when we we moved to Wisconsin, oh, and we were applying shit. for driver's license, and we're getting our our PO box and and all this stuff, and we're using our current IDs. It, my wife and I looked at each other a couple of times when people would be such downers they would just be so negged out like what are you doing here yeah like you're from california you are like, out why are <laughs> you are out why are you moving here i remember when we were at the <laughs> post office that was probably the most depressing conversation oh, i had the woman was just like you don't understand how badly i want to get out of here and i'm like no shit i look at my wife i'm like did we do the right thing <laughs> like, did, uh, 
I mean, did I? Did we just make the biggest mistake of our lives? Like everybody we came in in contact with that saw our IDs, that knew we were moving there like permanently. Yeah. That they were like, dude, you're making a mistake. Wow. But I looked at it like, dude, this is a, a huge opportunity. Work for King Motorsports. Uh, most people know King Motorsports as you know the U.S. The supplier from Mugen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I've known them for a lot longer than that. I, I dealt with a couple of the salesmen there. So I knew that they were more than just that. Um, and if you look at a map of the United States, at least at that time, they they were something to the Midwest that, you know, couldn't be duplicated. Uh, they, they were like the place to go. So people would travel, you know, to to get their cars, you know, worked on, tuned. They had such a, a great um history with racing and i thought this would be awesome for me and and the title that they gave me when uh, we the, the the concept was pitched was sales and marketing manager so if, if we can i don't want to i don't want to skip ahead so yeah. how, how much time did you spend at skunk two two years two a little years. little less than two years so okay. so the the time that i was there was was pretty brief but it was a I would say closer to like a year and a half. Was it something that you just didn't expect or they ran differently than AEM? Or? No, actually, I, I love the business. It was it was great. I actually had my most successful years as a salesperson at Group A. Yeah. Uh, and, and that had a lot to do with the way Dave, the owner, ran the business. Um, you know, he stayed in his lane. Like he knew what he needed to do for the business and he didn't, he didn't micromanage. He didn't mess, gotcha. he didn't mess with, the salespeople. He just let us do what we were supposed to do. Uh, that's not to say that, you know, AEM didn't, but Kirk taught me a lot. Uh, awesome mentor. He, he, I wouldn't be the person I am today without having learned so much from him, but he was also really, really critical. Yeah. He like, seemed like a, a, a very, um, corporate businessman very, when, when I've met him. Very intense. Like, well, I don't know if, if you got that from him, but definitely as a salesperson, um, he let you know like when you weren't doing things right. Sometimes yeah. in, in moments that were like terrible, I, I'd be on the phone with the customer and he would only hear one side of the conversation, obviously. Like he literally put a, a, a hole in his wall with a sliding door <laughs> so he could hear me. Wow. And there would be... There'd be conversations I'd get into that were long-winded, right? And and I knew they were, but you know, this isn't my company. You know, I've got to find a, a classy way of getting out of the conversation. I can't just be like, dude, I gotta go. I gotta go. You know? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. these customers with forums just starting to kind of become a thing, mm -hmm. you had to worry about whether or not your name was gonna be tied You're to some right. sort of complaint that you know, if the owner caught wind of, he's going to say, yo, hey, how does this happen? Yeah. How, do you, how does how do you make this customer angry? And I'm like, I got a Kirk outside of my, you know, my cubicle here staring at me. And he's telling me, <laughs> get off the phone, get <laughs> off the phone. And he keeps saying it. And I'm like, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to do And no I'm like, what way. do you want me to do? You know, like, I can't just hang up. And it taught me a lot about, you know, how to 
get off the phone, yeah. which, you know, I don't think I would have learned that had he not been who he was. So but. he actually gave you um, a sort of uh, tips on oh, how, to, how to change it around. I wasn't a salesman before I, I worked there. That's uh, awesome. I, I, that, wasn't the, that wasn't my job when I arrived there. Um, I, I originally got the job at AEM as a result of um, kind of a friend, I guess you would say, bringing me in as uh, for purchasing. I was going to be on like kind of the back end of the business doing, you know, all the purchasing and whatnot. And then they realized like I was like a technical guy and and I knew the industry. And I went from that to customer service and then quickly from customer service to sales. And then I did customer service and sales simultaneously. Gotcha. And then DC Sports was purchased and I did customer service and sales for both companies. And then eventually customer service got cut out. That got handed down to somebody else to kind of streamline things. And that's when traveling became kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, it, Kirk taught me how to have the right conversations with companies. You know, what companies were looking to talk about. Not, hey, I buy this, you know, this is cool. It, it was, you're, 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 you're selling on an, an entirely different level. Like you're selling volume and, and you kind of come up with ways that, make it interesting for these accounts to want to buy more of your product or, yeah. or spend their money with you rather than another brand. So that was, um, that was all his doing. Like I, I would not have done, been able to do what I did on my own. He definitely helped me. And then, but I also feel like everything that I did was somewhat restricted by him. You know, you know, I couldn't make a move without it going through him. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt a bit handicapped. Like I, I wasn't able to spread my wings, you know. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So leaving and, and then moving over to Group A, Dave being very different. You know, he wasn't the sales manager. He was the owner. He didn't, you know, hover over you. He didn't pay attention to what you did. All he cared about were the numbers. And, and Tony and I. Um, some people might just say we got lucky, but you know, the company experienced some of the biggest growth it's ever seen in the first year we were there. And, and this year is, this is 2007. Okay. And then I left, uh, 2000, late 2008. Oh shit. That was yeah. right before I got into it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I met you actually at a, at a, at an IBOC. It was an IBOC, IBOC meet and Group A was kind of like uh, a point where people were going to get together and then drive over Taibok when it was actually held on their premises. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was you and Ryan. And Ryan had the, the CRS. Yeah. And um, that was... Uh, really I, I i can't i can't say for sure whether it was like their first or second or third but it was in their very early years and yeah that was the yeah, very yeah. first time that i had met ryan in person because he was i think he was up in like he, NorCal, yeah, he right? was in norcal yeah. yeah so i met him shook his hand for the first time uh i met you wow um it was really early it was that's crazy it was yeah it was a lot of fun because i was i was still like really really into the industry i had i had a car and you know i was doing a lot of stuff after hours and and still like really that enthusiast you know yeah um and the business was great the they were they were really like they embraced that culture uh aem was more corporate yeah so i i appreciated that and the owner allowed us dave the owner of 
Group A allowed us to to bring that into the company and and kind of share, you know, do these open houses, walk people around through the building, you know, make them feel like uh, we were transparent, you know, that there wasn't anything to hide. A lot of technology in that place. Um, that was around when like the street team was getting started. Yes, exactly. And YouTube videos yep. and things like that. And Brandon yep. was there. And yeah, uh, street team, I think, was kind of Tony's idea oh really yeah i, I want to say it was tony shagday's idea he we were we were looking for like brand ambassadors and people that would go out and put the the skunk to brand on the street make it you know popular um and it worked out really really well um and then you know i, I didn't get to see it you know kind of blossom but yeah a lot of stuff changed mid uh I, I would say probably 2012 and on things started changing but i'd say maybe 2009 to 2012 skunk 2 had a real hold on right. on what was going on in the community i remember the street yeah. team I, I was on it sheepy was on it ryan right. was on it uh mike g was on it um Loretto from up up north. I don't know if you remember that car. It was the the San Jose Sharks like EK super dope car. I don't remember that. Car. Uh, it was like the teal color with like a lot of black. I think black chrome, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Morgan Jade was on. That was crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, there wow, was, that was such a good time. It was a good time. I, I I had a lot of fun in 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 the short amount of time that I was there. Um, and it was the very first time that I was allowed to be creative. Yeah, you know, like. There was no like rules to follow. Yeah, it, it allowed me to really kind of stretch, you know, my ability, realize what I did well and what I did poorly. And obviously you go back and just do the things that you do well. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't it wasn't planned like this. This opportunity for King landed him literally landed in my inbox um, and did you already have a relationship with them? Well, I had a relationship in the sense that. I managed their account at AEM. Got you. Okay. And um, I, I, one of the things that I have a, a lot of great relationships throughout the industry, um, I've been able to manage a product line for people, you know, from my seat at, at the supporting company, you know, so at AEM for the period of time I was there, I I made all the, the right moves with, with these businesses that were scattered throughout the United States or even the world. And I don't know, I guess, I guess I made the right recommendations in, in a lot of cases and it helped those companies make a lot of money. And I was loyal and drove people to them. And, you know, it was a good relationship because these companies would not, it wouldn't deliberate. It, when, I, when I made a recommendation, like they bought. Yeah. And that's ultimately what you're working for. Like you don't, today's different. But then it was all about getting the inventory in the facility and then making sure that the local customer base was being satisfied with um, having that product available to them, not having to wait for the stuff to come clear across you know, the other side of the country. So you're saying if anybody uh, called from that Midwest area, you say, hey, oh, I, I would, we would push we'd push all the business to Got them. It. So. You know, and I had a good memory of like what I sold them. So if it was something I sold and I knew it needed to be, you know, you want to you want to have them feel like it wasn't a mistake. So you you ultimately try to sell that for them if you can. Got you. So if they bought heavy on on a, on a given product um, 
and I'm getting the consumer, and it was rare, but every now and then AEM or Group A would get a call from an end user and the end user would say, hey, I'm looking for this. Well, I mean, why not, why not send them to the place that, you know, you just sold, you know, five of to yeah. them and, and give them their first sale potentially and make them feel like it wasn't a bad move to pick up something that they initially weren't gotcha. going to buy. Okay. So these companies felt really good about buying stuff when I would bring it, bring it up or I'd recommend it. Uh, they, it never, it never really made them feel like they were taking that, that big risk. Uh, and I guess, it, I, I guess I had enough of those wins, those, those, those positive check marks in under my name that the owner at King Motorsports decided to send me an email. Uh, so that was just Scott. Scott is the one Scott, that emailed yeah, Scott you. Zellner sends me an email and I thought it was just a purchase order. Uh huh. And, uh, it, I didn't read the body of the email. It was, I just read the purchase order and entered the order and fired it off and was done with it. <laughs> um, and then a, I think it was like a day or two later, Scott's like, did you read the email? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got your order out. He's like, no, not the order. Like, did you read the email? I don't know. Let me go back and read it. So there was something in the email that he wanted me to read. I'm reading it while he's on the phone. I'm and like, this was at when you're at? Group A. Okay. Yeah. And I'm reading this email and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't have wrote this email. Yeah. Like you should have sent this to my personal email. Like you don't send this to a company email. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Dave's the kind of guy that would potentially maybe be able to see emails that were coming into his employees. So I, I rather not try to lie about something like that. So immediately after reading it and hanging up with Scott, I walked into Dave's office. No yeah. shit. I, I, I just, I didn't want to, I'm not that guy, you know, that's I'm, a really respectable. So move. I walked in and I told him, I was like, Hey, uh, just want to let you know that this email came through and I don't even think he gave a shit that the email came through. I think he was more interested in whether I was interested. <laughs> really? Yeah. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so are you going? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. So he had it all planned out for you, how much you would be well, making, what, what he was offering. No, not yet. No? No. I mean, that's why I was so disappointed that it happened that way. We were it, we really put the cart in front of the horse. You yeah. Know? It was like, dude, decisions had to be made so quickly and um <laughs> i mean i had i had a home to sell i had real things that needed to be done and yeah and i was just kind of put in the spot you know in, in the moment there and uh i hadn't talked to my wife <laughs> uh, like babe we're moving <laughs> so no it actually um to wisconsin <laughs> yeah to wisconsin of all places right but uh i told dave i mean this isn't happening right away and he's like Dude, you have a job until you leave. That's very cool. So, you know, I stayed. Uh, I think it took. God, it must have been six, maybe seven months mm -hmm. for that to actually happen. It, this is. This was right before the bubble burst, the housing market crashed. Um, we were trying to sell our house and we're having a very difficult time doing so. Um, and obviously that kind of made things hard on scott i'm sure because he was anticipating this happening a lot sooner gotcha. but it was all contingent on us being able to sell the house like i, I i'm not moving 
until the house is sold. You can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, but no, I, I, I wasn't about to carry a mortgage or try to rent this house out gotcha, and, gotcha. And, and deal yeah, with, yeah, yeah. you know, rental people in my home. And I'm 2,300 miles away. So and I, my family's not the type that would be interested in managing that for me. And I didn't want them to have that burden. So it, 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 all things pointed to me getting the house sold first and foremost before I would consider it. So I would talk to Scott multiple times a day, uh, multiple times a week, I'm sorry. And uh, we would talk about the plans, what would basically go down once I was there. He would try to maybe put some things into place before I got there, you know, um, so the energy was was great. There was a lot of a lot of positivity. He had these grand plans, and then finally we move. Had uh, you met? We yeah, I had met. Okay, yeah. Uh, he was he was um, someone I had met previously when I was traveling with AEM. Got you. Okay, cool. cool. And then um, I think in the early stages of the negotiation process, uh, he flew my wife and I out. Got you. you know, okay. He, he brought us out, showed us around town. We sat down. We talked about you know the the hard hitting stuff mm -hmm. like you know pay and um. My wife was on board. She she loved the idea. We were both very interested in leaving the the crazy concrete jungle that LA is, and you know having three kids, three boys. You're looking for more of that like family environment, and I I you. There's a lot of things that you could say about like Wisconsin that people would say, well, that's not the place to live. Like it was a great place. Like I, I knew what I was getting into and I still wanted it. I wanted it and I wanted to move there permanently. You still have the, the, the down home, um, lifestyle kids playing outside, yes. playing football, riding bikes. And that's awesome. Exactly. Man. Like dude, check this is, this is how. I had hoped it would go. And when it actually happened, I, 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 I wasn't a liar to my wife. So like she, she saw it just like I saw it. Um, when we finally committed, my son, Anthony was the only one that was old enough to really be in like any kind of team sport, um, or really passionate about it, I guess you would say. And, uh, Gina had made phone calls, uh, to like, the area that we were going to be in, like New Berlin, um, where King Motorsports is at. Okay. And um, was trying to get him on a like a like a baseball team. Just let him know like he's coming, but he's coming in the middle of the season. Is there a way he can, you know, not skip a beat because he's playing here year round and, you know, can can we get him on a team? Now, how old was he at this time? Uh, Anthony must have been uh, 13. Okay. 13, 14. Wow, that's an age to just get up and move. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough on the family unit, you know, to 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 expect them to just, you know, completely change their lives. But, you know, it was this was, a like I said, a permanent move. Like we weren't coming back. This is this was something that uh, I wanted to do for them. Um, so we get there and the, the craziest thing, the people so great. Uh, we get introduced to the team. Anthony had a cast. He had, he's a catcher. He broke his arm. Okay. And he couldn't even play, but he wanted, as soon as the cast come off, to be able to obviously be on a team. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They welcome him like the the way they welcome told you that you had come to the place that you wanted, that we were looking for. Like they had a barbecue for him. No they, way. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a 
like a block party. It was I like swear. Sandlot? A whole <laughs> bunch of families got together at no one family's way. house and we went over and dude, it was like the most amazing feeling to just be welcomed by so many people that didn't know us. And um, they opened their doors to us and they, they kind of made us feel at home, yeah. you know? And this was super genuine. This is not something that I would say would just happen with these individuals. Like everywhere we went, you could tell people were genuine. Uh, I remember uh, another moment, just a segue. We were in the mall and I walked in the the double doors and I, I bumped. I, I think I actually bumped the person and I turned and I said, sorry. And they were like, Oh no, I'm so sorry. And, you know, that doesn't happen here. You get hit in the shoulder in California and you're in a mall and you're either going to get into a fight or they're just going to keep walking and not say a word to you. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was just like, wow, these people were, they're real. Like they're, they're not, they're not too busy. You know, everyone just slowed down and they were enjoying the good weather when they had good weather. I think that might've been the reason why yeah. it's like, they're they're out and about. They're they're doing outside activities. The the moms and dads are are running around with the kids or riding bikes in the street with the kids. Like you don't really? you just don't see that stuff here. Yeah. And 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 I I mean young parent, I can do those things with my kids. And I just wanted to meet other people that that had similar interests. And no matter where we were, um, just life here didn't present those same opportunities. Everyone's just so focused on, on the grind, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're just making money and they come home. They don't have any time for their kids. And I'm like, all right, the, we just, we just need to move away from this. And when that opportunity came up, it was the very first thing I thought of. It's like, oh, this is, this would be really great for the family. So I jumped all over it. I'm like, yeah. So we worked out all the details and we ended up moving, um, probably five or six months after the initial, uh, email and um it wasn't it wasn't smooth it didn't the move no oh well, the smooth the, the move was smooth uh, a lot of the employees that worked for the company were great but scott and i were like water and oil really yeah bro like you didn't notice any of that via your conversations before no, none wow none like to this day I, I i won't i won't say anything real negative but like me and him are not cool <laughs> Oh, shit. well, and I don't know how he feels. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not cool with him. Yeah. Even though it was a great opportunity, uh, it was the biggest learning lesson of my life. It's one that I wish I would have had been able to do without. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody wants to learn that lesson that hard. That's a crazy lesson 2,500 miles away. Dude, it, it well, it didn't work out. Uh, this is the housing bubble just burst. Um, there isn't anything else out there for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, not even close to being able to pay me what I was getting paid. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way I can even find a job. Uh, it's a, it's like the tool and die capital of the world, you know, like finding another spot like King. But the reason why I went there is because they were the you know, one of a kind. I mean, where do you go from there? There's you don't have another version of them yeah. somewhere else. Like it was either move further east to like New York or yeah. move uh, south like to Florida. Like that was the option. And my wife just looked at me and she's like, no, we're not moving further. You, we have zero security net here. You know, when 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 shit hit the fan, 
we didn't have family to fall back on. We Fuck. had nothing, dude. And I mean, I'm responsible for my wife and my three kids. You know, like and little, how old little are you dudes. at this time? Do you do you remember? So that's ten years, eleven years ago. So I'm in my mm-hmm. early thirties. Early thirties. Yeah. Okay. So wow, that's scary. It's a scary, scary moment. Like I had, I had talked to a lot of people. I had job offers, but it all took me east. And obviously, the wife wasn't willing to co-sign that. So she was like, "Nope, you know, we're moving home." But we were in the middle of a lease. Uh, I still had three or four months to go on a 12 month lease. It didn't even last eight months. So when did you know that there was an issue? How, how early in, into it? Was it something like, Hey, this honestly, first week? honestly, first month. Really? Yeah. I knew that, um, the person that we met that I'd met was one person uh and and working for that person was he was a totally different person Mm -hmm. uh i i would i would maybe go as far as saying like he was bipolar really yeah oh wow yeah it was it was tough because you know i knew that that person was there uh but he wasn't present during work and um you know there was a lot of there was a lot of things that he did allow me to do you know which was the reason why he you know obviously brought someone 2300 miles over gave the title of sales and marketing manager too but he wanted to know like everything up front i mean i didn't even know what i was gonna do it wasn't like there was some script you know that i was gonna Mm -hmm. follow that was gonna equal success i mean i had just gotten there yeah. What I did know was that I was going to work my ass off for him. And that was clear right away. I was putting in between 12 and 16 hour days every day. And you're obviously salary, right? Yeah, I was salary. Wow. So what I knew was I was all in. I sold a home. I moved my family 2,300 miles. You know, this is real. I don't have any other option to be successful at this. Yeah. Right. So I was going to do whatever it took to give King Motorsports and Scott Zellner that success as quickly as I could. You know, I want to, he told me, we got you covered for a year. We don't expect any major things to happen within the first year. Let you cook, let you get used to everything. Well, that sure changed quick. Like he was hard pressed. He wanted to know what we were going to do. He wanted, basically, he he wanted the syllabus. He wanted me to put it in writing. And I thought, nah, I got burned at Diamond Honda, Diamond Bar Honda, for the same way. I ended up training my replacement there mm-hmm. because I taught them, I taught the guy everything that I knew, and then they didn't need me anymore. So and they just paid him less. Yeah. So what Scott didn't know is that I had that bad experience. Yeah. Right. So the last thing I wanted to do was put it a roadmap to success on paper and then slide that across the table and say, here you go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, him say, well, well, shit, we don't need the kid from Cali anymore. You know, we could just, you know, cut him out and yeah. just do what the paperwork says. Yep. So I was a little reluctant to give him everything. So I, it was kind of like a time release pill. You know, I gave him a little bit here and there and we, we had these great plans and we started executing on those plans. I saw an immediate difference to the business. Uh, a lot of the things that we did, I did, not we, uh, a lot of the things that I did uh, are still in place today. And they're the things that the people in that area come to love. Like we did uh, this 
a meet, very Eibach-esque. The Dino Day. Yes, the, the King Motorsports Dino Day. I did the very first one. Uh, it was a hard sell, and uh, I'm glad it was a huge success because, you know, um, my name was tied to that. Like, that was a very, very big thing to ask uh, the owner to basically do, you know? So it worked out really well, and it kind of broke down walls uh, that King Motorsports, for whatever reason, seemed to have with its customers. Its customers in the local community always felt like that wasn't somewhere that you go because they're expensive, and you know they only touch like like the best of the best stuff. You know they wouldn't work on Joe Blow's car yeah. that that wasn't at that level. And what we were trying to do is break down those walls that made people feel like you couldn't go there. And um, started to see that, you know, customers, regular Joes would come in and spend their hard earned cash. And, um, you know, that was, I think, obviously a step in the right direction. I, I put a feather in my own hat for that and, and felt like, you know, we're, we're already seeing changes mm -hmm. in, in such a short period of time. But there were, there were times where, um, like he would just lose it. That he would just snap, and he would do that in 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 less than a professional way. Okay. And I'm kind of a professional guy at this time, and I I, I think that you know maybe there should have been a a different approach. And I think it happened like twice, and then finally it happened a third time. But this time it happened in front of customers. Oh wow! And and it was it was a lot embarrassing. Um you know, a lot for me, to, you know, and, and even though these customers didn't know me that way for it to happen in front of a customer. Uh, and I had told him a previous time that nobody talks to me like that. You know, this is the kind of stuff that you might get into with your father, you know, that kind of conversation, like yelling and, you know, um, you know, you're like, I could see two a young man and his father having this conversation when maybe you're too old to be living at home and and he says, "Hey, you need to you need to get your shit and go because it's either you live under my roof my way or you, you go. You, you get your own house and you can gotcha. live any way you want." It was that's kind of what it felt like. Like dad was just getting mad at me, but I'm like, dude, you're not my dad. Oh, you know, so you, you don't talk to me like this. Don't, you don't yell at me and you don't yell at me in front of customers. Like this was so disrespectful. And, uh, so I didn't know what to do other than just leave. Like I walked out, I walk, uh, and I don't do that. I'm not, I'm not a runner, you know, I don't run from shit like that, but I didn't know what to do in that environment. So I walked out the back door and jumped in my car and took a drive because I was afraid that I might do something stupid, yeah, like physical. Uh, it got that hot. So Whoa. when um, when I was cooled off and ready to come back, um, there was a guy named Mike Linquist that worked there. He was uh, he was uh, really really important to that business, and and I talked to him a lot. We were real close, um, and I gave him a call. I'm like, dude, you know, is the coast clear? Like, <laughs> can I come back? And he's like, no, don't come back. And, uh, I think this was a Friday and, um, he called, he called me or I called him. I can't remember how it happened, but I, I talked to him over the weekend and he's like, Hey, you know, Scott changed the locks on the building. You're done. You're out. And I'm, 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 I'm not even, you know, I'm not even hearing this from the person that needs to be telling me this. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing that all this is going down. 
uh, from from an employee. And so my wife and I, obviously, we just kind of brace for the worst. And I walk in on Monday and he had uh, uh, another employee sitting in the you know, office with him as a, a, witness? as a witness and said that you're done. He says, you're you're fired. And this was you said eight months, eight months in. Oh, my God. I think it was if it wasn't eight, it was pretty darn close to, gotcha. to, to nine. But it was within the eight, nine month period. Um, and I remember the words like it rings in my head like a bell. He's like, I can't let you sink this ship. And oh, I'm like, shit. sink this ship. Like, what are you talking about? You agreed to the numbers. You knew, you know, what I got paid in California. We agreed to that. He agreed to a two-year contract, but apparently, you know, it doesn't mean shit unless you get it in writing. And I learned one of my biggest lessons in life there. Uh, so I had not, no other choice but, you know, move move back home like a, like a whoop dog and came back to California, left my family there. You know, they, we still had a lease on the house or the place where we were staying. The kids were still in school. So I left them there, uh, drove my car back, flew back, picked up another car, drove it back, and then um, flew back for a third time uh, to move the house. We, we rented a, a, a truck, and my wife drove her pilot, and I drove the, the moving truck back. But And what's it, your mindset at this whole time? Find work. Really? You were just like, <laughs> that was the only thing that I was important. Do? Yeah, like I, I knew that... Um, being an industry guy that the only thing that I could do that would net me the best possible results is move back to California. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was number one. Like I had family there to, that would support me. Uh, so obviously, you know, being able to sleep somewhere was fig that that was the problem solved. Um, so, you know, move back, um, called, Called Dave of all people on my way back, and he was like, "Wow, Dude, you have a job when you get back." Um, so that was nice to know, but I, I wasn't sure whether or not like I would really want to go back to work, you know, at, at Group A. So I said, "All right, you know, I'll come in and we'll we'll talk." You know, we came, uh, I came in, we talked, kind of settled back into my old role, and so you went back. To, yeah. to group A? Uh, pretty much right away. Okay, I, cool. I, I got settled back in, uh, wanted to kind of sit down and just see whether it was going to be right for me, you know, and um, did a did a couple of days where I just kind of sat, sat in the role and made some phone calls and something just didn't feel right. And I started hearing a lot of nagged out customers, you know, people who were kind of what you're saying, there was a shift, right? And it, things changes had made and and it wasn't just on that side of the business what consumers see but also on the back end where a lot of dealers in my absence even though it was a very short amount of time the new salespeople that were put into place uh while i was gone um was kind of the wild west so mm -hmm. one of the things that i did i was really loyal to let's say you're a dealer in florida and you're one of our first, right? You, you came in at the right time. We used you, used us. To, it was a good relationship. And uh, I told you that you didn't have to worry about competition, you know, within, say, a 30-mile radius. Like, you got this area locked down. We're not going to introduce any competition. Well, apparently, uh, in a lot of different places, the, the, the new salesperson wasn't going to get paid until 
he found accounts that would generate that increased revenue. So they would just go in and lawlessly set people up. You know, so just, they would just be on what, like uh, an internship or? No, not really. Uh, so was you it had, like base you, hour? You 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 were you're mainly hourly like salary. You didn't really get paid necessarily like a commission, but they wanted they wanted to know that you were coming in and making a difference, right? Yes. You you don't just come and sit in the seat you know, and act like you're a McDonald's drive through attendant just taking orders. They want to know that you're you're driving sales. Yeah. Like you're out there, you're pushing. But as a senior sales rep, Tony and I would always have the, I guess you would say like we had the power to pass or deny um, a new dealer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got some of these younger dudes would come in and say, oh, well, I want to set a guy up in like my my dealer's backyard. I'm like, no, it's not happening, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like find another territory, like stop looking for the low hanging fruit. You yeah. Know, you just go out and actually put in work, you know, find the diamond in the rough, you know, obviously like CFT, uh, central Florida turbo for Sergio and Fernando, um, or my dudes like ride or die dudes. I, I would ask them to do anything and they would do it. And, um, you know, I called them up and they were like, nah, man, you know, Pretty much everybody at Group A just fucked us. Like, you guys, we created the demand for Group A Skunk 2 mm -hmm. merchandise in this area. We put you guys on the map. And what area of Florida? What they were city? Orlando. Oh, shit. So, okay. like, that's a big market. I respected what they did. They were heavy hitters. They, 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 they put, group a on the map and i rewarded them with making sure that they had that territory locked down like they would facilitate all the local demand for retail customers and then they would also sell you know stuff two step they would sell it to the other small businesses well obviously those small businesses want a better deal so you know they would call and i would say like no you're, you're it's not a good fit you really aren't going to get a better deal going direct your best way of getting this merchandise to is that. to go through them so yes. i would i would they would walk in the door and i'd walk them right back out the door like you go back to them yeah you know if you don't like it then find another wd you can go to titan you know gotcha. or you can go to speed world uh so there, there were there were other avenues of obtaining the product but they i, I never indulged in setting someone new up mm -hmm. and what i heard when i got back was you know that it was just the wild west like, now what year was this this was 20 or 2009 2009 mm -hmm. okay uh, towards the end of 2009 uh, okay now do you think that this had anything to do with the 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 direct competition that was coming around at that time for for skunk 2 yeah i i think that that has a lot to do with it got you um but this this sealed their fate a lot earlier like so one thing i've learned with my business uh, that I could see having happened at this time was the the customer base that you have. Like you have to be over. You have to over communicate with them. You know, you, you got to make sure that they're they're happy. You know, and one thing that was already happening at this time that I knew I couldn't do a whole lot about. Um, I would just constantly have pep talks and let them know that I was in their corner and I was supporting them and I was pushing business to them. And that was 
these, you know, companies that were kind of like shell companies. They weren't real. We didn't know who they were. They were on eBay selling product that pretty much cost. Mm -hmm. And everyone's trying to compete with that. Mm -hmm. And it was always what we would hear. Like, I can't make any money on your product line. Like, I got to sell it super cheap. And, you know, this isn't working out. So the, the big stocking orders started to get smaller and smaller. You know, so this was happening simultaneously. So you already had this kind of weird working environment where people weren't exactly like loving the brand. Mm -hmm. And then you go and, you know, put the icing on the cake and you go and set four guys up in the backyard of who your your dude was. And I tried to explain early before this occurred, before I even left, that you don't do that. And And the reason that we would always stick with maybe a dominant player in an area was because, you know, you're not going to increase sales. There's only a few ways that you can increase sales. You know, increasing your your product line is one way. Increasing your customer base to, a, to, to an extent, but not by diluting a given, like, area. That's just displaced sales. Like, you took the sales from them. From them, yeah, yeah, yeah. now you're just getting it from this guy over here. And you did it at, at the sacrifice of profit. Mm -hmm. So you now have a bunch of guys getting 30% off. And before, you know, you only had one guy getting 30% off. So the, they're getting 15 from him. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, gotcha. it, it, it was, it was just a really, really bad combo. Um, and when I heard that, I, I took it like really like took it to heart. Like, okay, these guys are mad. And Sergio Fernando told me like, dude, nothing against you. We love you, but it doesn't matter that you're back. Like, Damage relationship yeah relationship is over gotcha. like, we will never work the same way we did then so you're coming back to like a, a, an injured account and and i would call other companies and they all had very similar things oh, to say shit. i'm like well fuck me man Wait, i i you know it's like michael jordan when he left the game he left on a high and then he comes back you know, and then he had all these injuries and excuses about, you know, how his game was like, dude, who wants to come back to a company and then do a shit job and then leave on a low? Yeah. So I looked at it like, dude, I can't do what I did before. Like, this is this isn't the legacy I want to leave. I don't want people to think of me as being the guy that couldn't get the job done. So I just decided not to take the job. <laughs> so how long were you there before you I think, decided that? I think I did. I think I did uh, some, you know, special projects is kind of what he called me, like a special project manager. I did some oddball here and there things, and I did it for maybe two or three months. And um, I really, you know, can't say enough. Thanks, Dave. Uh, it was it was the only source of income I had, and had yeah. he not given me that opportunity, uh, I'm just really sad that I couldn't sit back down in the seat and and make happen what he remembered me being able to do you yeah know? I, I felt like i was just gonna let him down and rather than do that i i decided to do something else and that's something else there was no something else Shit. i i walked around i i probably put out i don't know a couple hundred resumes i ended up taking a couple dollar, hundred couple hundred resumes oh yeah my I, I took the dollar amount off my resume completely. I, I went from trying to hold that high line. This is what I got paid before I left Wisconsin, you know, for Wisconsin. And um, now I'm just like, dude, I just need a job. 
2010-ish, around yep. then. I just need a job. I don't care what it pays. Just And then I would hear shit like, oh, yeah, you're overqualified. Let me, you know, let, let me determine. Let me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I just need work, man. I, I, I just need a job. And uh, then then something fell into my lap. Uh, my, my buddy, Catman, he had heard about this guy. His name's Ben Tran. And he owned um, a shop that had its own product line called Blueprint Racing. Okay. And uh, I decided, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll... Uh, I'll sit down with this guy. And the reason why we sat down is Catman knew that I wanted to get my own product line off, right? I wanted to do something. And this guy was talking about potentially bankrolling it. Mm -hmm. And oh wow. Like, so I'm like, cool, you know, I'll, you know, 50% of something is better than, you know, 100 percent of nothing. Yeah. So I'm I'm like, yeah, let's let's sit down, let's talk. I guess I must have been likable or whatever but ben was like dude i want to do more than that i want to plug you into my my business right now so you know if you're interested i'll give you a job and then we'll see this product line you know get off while you're working for me and i'm like shoot shit yeah let's do it so uh i got introduced to his business and really loved what he was doing uh was right up my alley and um I saw a lot of things that were very similar to the way King did stuff. And I thought, well, this would be a great way for me to kind of stick it to the man that screwed me over. So a lot of the ideas, a lot of the concepts uh, that I had that I was going to basically, you know, do for King, mm -hmm. I, I pretty much did for Blueprint and um, required a lot of hard work and you know saw these uh these little challenges kind of go through their their moments and then eventually find success like i had hoped it would and um i was like the company man really really invested in this business um and then ben stopped showing up to work and it was just like I was the guy, you know, I was the owner of the company. I think a lot of people from that era probably thought I owned that business. Now, what did they do there? Uh, well, I, so they made, they didn't make anything in-house. Most of the stuff was branded, okay. uh, purchased overseas. And they they kind of had like the connecting rod market locked down. Um, at that time, they were really well known for the K-series uh, connecting rods. They did some stroker kits for the K-Series, uh, engine builds, but all their engine builds were like super low budget. And King Motorsports had a low budget engine build category. And what I didn't like was obviously you, you, you sell a bunch of low budget engine builds to people and you know what they're going to go do with them. It's just those are all ticking time bombs. You know, you know that you're going to end up dealing with these customers in a manner that you don't want to. Yeah. So I tried to convince Ben, like, let's stop doing this shit work and let's start really pushing the envelope on high-end work and it took a long time to do that but everything that we did we did better you know we just we, we were really proud of what we were putting out and customers were having success and then that led to the next successful deal and I remember you know towards the end of my time there you know selling 18 to $30,000 long blocks was not uncommon wow like that 
if you would have asked Ben a year earlier if he thought that would be possible, I think he thought I'd be crazy. Yeah. Because he's over here fighting for $2,800 and $3,500 short blocks. And I'm, I'm over here hustling for the big deals, you know. Uh, do you know the the time attack scene in Australia? A little bit. Um, you was ever it hear- JDM Yard? Yeah. Uh, illness out there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a there was a CRX that was really well known. He hasn't he stopped competing, but there was a a CRX called Mighty Mouse. Okay, you ever hear that one? No. no. The very first year that he competed, we were responsible for the whole uh, engine program. Wow! And he was successful, very successful, and um, built him a second motor. And unfortunately, there was an issue. But um, those those were like huge moments for the business to be able to to sell uh such a, a big piece of hardware to a, a a team's success and and be able to note that success and that i just felt like things were going the right the right direction you know we were we were now doing business with the customer base that we ultimately wanted to do business with and, and the ball was in our hands but there was some internal issues that ultimately led to me departing, um, never actually got any of the products that I wanted to make off mm. the ground. And that was one of the, I'd say more like the internal disappointments, like period, the, the, the amount of time I was there, there was no reason why we couldn't make those things happen. I think he just wasn't interested in those things. Like he said he was, and he gained an employee that pretty much ran the business. So, um, I felt, I felt like, you know, I was a little bit deceived and I wasn't going to get what I wanted out of the relationship. Um, so decided to leave. And when I left, I had more confidence through all these experiences to finally do something for myself. The worst part about it, best part about what you've been preaching in, in some of your more recent posts mm-hmm. is that you can do it. And I finally kind of believed in myself enough. You know, uh, I think not only believing in myself enough, but I, I had a lot of recent failures that made me feel like, dude, I'm already like at rock bottom. Yeah. Where, where, like, where am I going to go from yeah. here? Like, honestly, this is, this is a shit feeling to, to be where I was, um, you know, living with my in-laws, you know, having three of my own kids running around their house. Like I, I just shit. felt like if I'm going to make a move. I'm never going to be given this opportunity again, like not have the same worries that most people have, right? I mean, you have a mortgage payment, maybe a car payment, you have credit card bills, you have all this stuff. I didn't have any of that, but uh, I also didn't have the money to, 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 to launch a product line, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't have friends that have money, so I can't borrow i can't you know take a loan out i don't i don't want to i don't want to do that i feel like that's the possibly the worst way to start yeah. you know being in debt to someone you know so i used to do a lot of uh photography for for i, I originally tried to do it as a profession and then uh ended up just taking it on more as a hobby but oh I wow had, i had a huge investment in in glass no way yeah i probably had at one point about thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment wow uh all all owl glass and i looked at it and it wasn't 
bringing me any, you know, income. It was just sitting in a bag and I, you know, obviously don't have the, the interest in going out and shooting in my current situation in life. So mm -hmm. it's like that stuff was just sitting there. I decided, all right, I'm going to sell it all. So I think I kept one body and like two lenses. I sold everything and that was my, that was my capital. So I, I think I started to start the business, to start the business. Uh, so I think I started the business with like 15 grand. Um, I think I had $15,000 and that also had to be, you know, what, uh, I had to give, you know, my wife, right. I had to make sure that she had money to, to take care of the family, put food in the fridge and, um, that money disappeared pretty quickly. Um, I think by the time I had actually paid for everything to make things look like a legit business, um, I probably only had like $8,000, you know, I had accounting software, I had a, a laptop, I had, you know, a website, a web address. Um, I had all the things that would allow me to conduct myself as professionally as I, mm -hmm. I could, you know. And then I had a list of products that I wanted to make. And this list has basically grown since 95, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and you know, things that have already been made were the first things that got a big red line through them. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And then you I started to, to realize something new. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do something that had already been done. Right. Gotcha. So I'm crossing stuff off the list and, and I'm looking at this list. I'm like, shit, <laughs> there's not a lot of stuff left. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, this is what happens when you're so late to the game. You get, you get into it, you finally get the balls to do something and, and everything has already been made. Right. Well, I decided probably not, you know, probably not the most understood moment, you know, as far as when I decided to make the things that I did. But I first looked at the least expensive stuff to make. What could I make that was cheap? And I made a couple of parts that cost me dollars, mm -hmm. like maybe like a buck 50 to two bucks a piece. And I made lots of them and I sold them cheap. Like, but, you know, selling something cheap you got to sell a lot of them to make anything right so that didn't work out but it did allow me to reinvest the money into the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing and it was a very slow process but it was you know if you if you stick to the plan you're, you're almost guaranteed success you Definitely. just gotta weather the storm you know you've gotta push through that and um i think i ended up with six or seven small parts that became pretty popular they, they were they were um pretty well known and then i had to make a decision like there were there were products that i had never actually physically touched but i heard a lot of negativity about the stuff and i thought well that was something that was on my list originally maybe i ought to go back and revisit doing that but doing it in the most respectful way i possibly can and 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 be true to myself as you know as much as possible so i started to kind of make uh stuff that was already available in the sense that if you wanted if you wanted this you 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 had an you had another option you know that you're getting into a, a maybe a lukewarm industry already because there, there is demand for it um and just hope that 
the product that you produce is different enough and satisfies customers' needs that, you know, you hear a guy saying, oh, he doesn't like this feature, and you hope there are enough of those guys that will embrace your product. Mm -hmm. And sure as shit, I mean, it didn't happen quickly, but it, it did happen, and it, it, was, it was nice. It was refreshing to hear the positive feedback and people liking what it was that I was doing and then, you know, obviously getting some of that mixed feedback where people were hating on you because the similarities and some of the stuff that you're producing to other products out there. Um, it got pretty bad at one point. Like, I, I felt like, mm, I don't know if I can keep this is this is going to be the success of the business if I keep going this way. But I'm, I'm finding more and more resistance. I'm mm -hmm. finding a lot of people not liking what it is I'm doing. The similarities? Yeah. They, now, where was this feedback coming from? All over. Uh, forums. Okay. Uh, social media, Facebook. Uh, Facebook first, foremost, and then Instagram. So Instagram. what year are we talking here? This is uh, 2011. Okay. 2012. Okay, cool. And um, I, I just, I didn't know what to do about it. You know, I, 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 I raise kids. You know, and I say things to them that, you know, a father would say, and I'd be a hypocrite mm -hmm. if I didn't follow, you know, what it is that I've told them, you know, and, and, and being able to stand up straight and, 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 and really believe in what it is that I'm doing, knowing that, you know, so many people are saying that you're, you've copied something gotcha. and, and I'm trying my hardest to, to educate people on that I didn't copy. I've actually physically never even held that item. I didn't take this and then give it to somebody and say, knock it off. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, the application is similar, you know, and, and yeah, if, if, if the two products are, are similar, that's because, well, they go to the, they, they, they go on the motor the same way. There's only two bolts that hold it. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're ultimately going to end up in a very similar product you yeah know, it's like saying i copied an oil cap you know an oil cap is an oil cap yeah <laughs> no i i totally understand so that. it's it's tough it, it was really 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 tough and um i just kind of stuck to my guns and decided to you know just avoid the, the negativity i just kept my nose down uh kept grinding and kind of eked out a living mm -hmm. you know it, it it was tough. I had to go back to work for someone else. Mm -hmm. I did that um, on and off. And then, you know, the company didn't see any of the growth that it should have in those years because I was distracted. You know, you're doing your side thing. Yeah, I was working for other companies and, you know, basically trying to make whatever money I could anywhere I could. And I never gave up on track tough. It was always you know, my, my priority, but it, in order, in order to make sure that it was going to be successful, I had to step away. I had to find another source of income because I would have just sucked the life out of the brand. Mm -hmm. Like any money that was available would have been used just to pay bills. And then I would have been broke. Mm -hmm. And, um, so you know, doing those things allowed me to continue to operate after hours, doing whatever I could, when I could. And then I hit my stride. I, I, I started making stuff that I made for myself and people just kind of ate it up. They liked it. And it's, it's 
a functional part, but I think it, it also answered uh, a lot of people's uh, wants for something different in mm. the, in the show world. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I feel good knowing that I'm producing a product that, that works and not trying to limit who can own it, you know, and, and now it's, it's just, it's turned into, um, a real company. I feel like this last year and a half is, it's really, it's a real company. It's not, it's not like BS anymore. You know, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, you know, how long it took to get to that point. Um, but you know, now like, you know, focusing on it hundred percent, you know, full time having a real customer base, like yeah. loyal customers. It's awesome. It, it's just such a great feeling, you know, to have people that, that know how much passion goes into the product and, 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 and appreciate it. And, you know, now they get to know a little bit of the, the backside. So know? now at, at this time, do you feel like you, you have your own lane, you're doing your own thing and you're not, you're not focused on fixing any issues that some other product would have had or. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, over time, because uh, this is what I'm going into year seven, mm -hmm. and there there are there are products that I'm not interested in anymore. There are products that um, are more of a distraction, like you know, even messing with it. Mm -hmm. I was talking to Jeremy this morning about some products that um, I'm thinking about just you know discontinuing, and and he's interested in possibly picking those up. Got you to complement his stuff. Uh, I, I want to streamline the business now to do what it is that people are wanting from me. You know, there's there's not a lot of um, not a lot of products necessarily fixed, but there's there are there is room for me to you know reduce the amount of uh, distractions that I have. You know, and and the, I think the only thing that I really want to do at this point is is make the jump from being kind of Honda and Acura only mm -hmm. and, and getting into some of the other other I've made a lot of custom stuff for non Honda and Acura. Most people just don't know that. Um, it's hard to put on the internet. I just don't know enough about the market. I don't know enough about the cars. So I feel like I'm just kind of dabbling. Yeah, I want to I want to stop dabbling and, you know, just focus on what it is that I'm currently doing and then doing it for those other vehicles, uh, other vehicle makes and models and you know, kick all the other stuff aside, just, you know, stop, you know, wasting time with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see. That's the only thing that I, I really, I know I, I'm, I want to do like things are going to change. The business wasn't originally going to be what it is today. Uh, the, the, if you would have asked me two years ago, if, if I thought I'd be doing what it is I'm doing today, it, I, I would have, you know, never come up with this conclusion, but you know, the market kind of dictates what you do. Uh, I was just lucky enough to stumble upon something that allowed me to be some, you know, somewhat successful. Uh, so who knows, like in a year from now, it might be something totally different. Um, but I'm, I'm keeping my ear close to the ground and, you know, trying to, trying to make sure I don't miss, miss that next thing. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, 
pretty pretty cool just knowing that other businesses have gone through the same thing uh seeing them go through it makes me a little more aware yeah uh alert you know radium engineering you you know them mm -hmm. so you know jp a really good friend of mine we worked together for years um he wanted to do like turnkey beautiful package turbo kits that was his thing he did the bmw turbo kit for uh horsepower freaks huge you know hugely successful uh, so he did this one for the lotus and it didn't end up working out the way i think anybody expected it to and he had some components within that that end up being what radium is today like oh wow dude totally off course but if you look at what he's done like that's that's an inspiration like huge inspiration to me where are they based out of they're in oregon oh okay yeah, I, I the portland like, like the greater portland area got you got yeah. you got you yeah that's um we don't talk anywhere nearly as much as i would like to but i know that you know he's busy he's a family man and he's got a big business to run wow um uh, but you know he's his his success and his makings have been a huge example that i i try to follow um doesn't hurt that he's an engineer so you know the, the cool part about what he did is i think he thought he wasn't going to have the success that he had because he didn't have a salesperson mm -hmm. i had an opportunity to move up there and work for him he wanted me to be a sales guy and uh it just didn't didn't work out but you know so you got two engineers uh just basically banging out great ideas all day long and then putting it out there and don't need a salesperson the product sells itself yeah so that was an awesome idea i'm not an engineer so i don't have that uh that same benefit you know i'm i'm a sales guy with an idea and you know kind of crafty and you know, self-taught welder. I, I've never taken a welding course. Really? No. Wow. Um, I've just picked up torches, different places I've worked and, you know, just burned holes and pieces of scrap metal. And when I started being able to get things to stick together, I, I started doing more and more for myself. And, you know, I'm, I'm at where I'm at. I think, um, you know, it's, Shows me a lot too, just the kind of growth that I've gone through, not just business wise, but you know, personally. Yeah. So the, so the, 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 the welding part is, um, it's a pretty important part of my business. And I finally feel like I'm putting product out there that, you know, is deserving of the attention it's getting. So, know? so let's, let's talk about that growth a little bit from the start of the business, uh, till now, what, seven years. Going Later? on seven, yeah, seven years um, in October. What are uh, what are some lessons that you learned that maybe uh, you could pass on that that info to somebody else that maybe help them uh, navigate around that if they're trying to start their own business? A uh, couple of pieces of advice. The, the very first thing I think that, um, and it's maybe the most obvious to a lot of people, and that's that you just you got to really believe in it, you know, whatever, whatever that thing is that you're interested in, um, there's going to be a lot of disappointment, you know, you're going to find a lot of difficult situations. And, um, if you're not mentally strong, you know, you're, you're going to give up way too early. You know, that's, that's the one thing I would say is just be persistent. Like you can't, you can't just, 
give up because something didn't go your way. Like there's there's alternatives, there's options. You just got to be methodical about it. You've got to you've got to work hard. Um, so work ethic is is probably the the second most important thing. You know, if you don't like working hard, if if that's not something that you're willing to do, then I would say don't even bother trying. Yeah. Don't don't even consider it because working for yourself isn't easy. It's not what I think my family included think it's like a breeze, dude. They 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 don't understand why I'm never around or why I'm married to my phone. You're you're not you're not able to work traditional hours. Like when you own your own business and it's in its early years, like you're going to work harder than you've ever worked. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to. Like there's there's no way around it. Um, work hours are non-traditional. Um, the reward or the payoff is is terrible. So if you're if if you're easily discouraged, then you're going to give up again. So you know you've you've got to you've got to be mentally strong. You've got to be you know physically willing to to put in crazy hours. Um, those are the, the two things that luckily for me were distilled in me from my, my father. You know, he wasn't around all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, he was too busy just doing what he had to do. So it wasn't, wasn't something I wasn't familiar with. You know, I just, I knew that it needed to be done and you know, that's what, that's what I do. But, um, you know, don't celebrate too early. You know, a lot of people try to be something that, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be yet, you know, like whining and dining people, you know, acting like you are something you're not, you know, I still don't, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty tight with my money just because I don't feel like I've arrived, arrived yet. Yeah. You know, so, you know, this is going on year seven and I still act like it's year one. So, you know, make sure that, those those little things that you have accomplished don't get to your head too quickly you know like you're 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 successful already i mean some people might might have success a lot sooner you know i guess it all depends on what it is that you're you're making or selling um you know there's there's a lot to be said about that you know it doesn't always have to be something tangible mm-hmm. i mean it's there's there are companies that i've seen start after me and and are in a much better place than i am and it just really came down to you know, their business plan or what it is that they're, they're presenting the customer with. And, um, you know, don't, don't assume that that's what's going to happen. You're not going to, you're not going to land on success in year one. Yeah. 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 So I think a lot of, I think a lot of people think that as soon as you have whatever widget it is, you're going to sell that, you know, it's, it's just easy sailing at that point. You know, you just put it out there for people to buy it, they buy it and you make money and, you know, it's, it's super, you gotta, you gotta keep thinking about what's next, you know, the next thing. Yeah. You know, you, you're a great example of that. We've talked about it. Yeah. You know, like, you know, having all the options that you do, you know, constantly trying to reinvent yourself and, and making sure that you're, you're in front, you know, that you're the first person that people mm-hmm. think of, you know, that's sometimes more, more work than the physical, 
Yeah, man, it's it's definitely a lot of work. And I, I know that that's what separates us from not only anybody else in the hardware accessory community, but just any other brand yeah. in the Honda community and, and so on. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into um, the business, what it represents, you know, coming out with new product, going to shows, you know, customer service. We always get complimented on our customer services. No surprise right. because I focus on that right. a lot, all the time. I'll, I'll answer text messages, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night calls, and I'm I'm a hustler, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> and if you're not built like this, like just just don't even compete. You know, do do what you're gonna do, stay in your lane, and that's it. But if you ever want to be compared to to Downstar to myself, like you got some big shoes to fill because I'm not I'm not saying this because I'm somebody special. I'm saying this because you I, know what I you put, put into it. I put in that work. <laughs> yeah. Even this, what we're doing right now, you know, we're, we don't make money off of the podcast, yeah. but this is something that I'm passionate about and I see it in the, in the future Definitely. that it's going to be another business besides Downsar. And this is the grind. Right. And just like you've mentioned about those, uh, the recent posts that I've been putting up, I'm like, look guys, nobody's ever told me this stuff. No one sat me down and was like, Hey Frank, if you want to open your business, this is what you do. This, 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 yeah. they didn't tell me shit. Yeah. And even even further past that. Go back and read those posts. <laughs> Go read it Seriously. right now. I'm telling you, no, he's right. Nobody nobody gave me any of that advice. No and if you, if you, you come that. from a blue collar, you know, working class family, the likelihood is is you haven't heard it either, right? My Hell mom and no, dad dude. didn't even know how to have that conversation with me. Yeah. I, I grew up with uh, basically the plan was, you know, you go to school. Then you go back to school, yeah, and then you get out of school and you go work for someone. That's that's the pattern. That's what it. That's the American dream. Yeah, that's, like, that's the life someone. that I should be living right now. I tell people that if you were to tell me in my in my uh, early to mid thirties that I was going to be traveling for work, I would have a suit on. I would be in first class and I would have a briefcase yeah. and I would be calling my wife over the phone. Oh, we just finished our business meeting or whatever. Right now, I'm in two weeks. I'm going to uh, to H Day in New Hampshire. Right. And dude, when I'm out there, I'm eating good, hanging out with friends. You know, I have already three podcasts lined up with like people that that that's dope. I'm excited to sit down and talk with. I'm like, this is my life, and the only reason I have this life is because I built my life how I want it to be. But isn't it funny how so? To the people on the outside that look in, they think it's easy. You know, they don't know all the hard work that went into that, and they they judge a lot of of what they see on on, on such a small piece of that, yeah. that puzzle. And and I think it's, I think stuff like this allows you and and I to to talk about the stuff that no one really knows about. And and obviously when you present posts and opportunities for people to you know learn i mean just the basic stuff like what 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 it is that what it takes to to start a business is is a huge that's a huge help to i i don't know how many people out there want to start their own businesses but having it out there is a lot better than not having it out there yeah and, and if it wasn't i don't i don't think i've read anything similar to that post ever um Thank you, man. And the, 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 and, and the, the cool part about it is, is I, I read it and I'm like, yep, 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it wasn't like you know. No, he's wrong there. <laughs> like Dude, that's off. The like, where, the, where, that... where do you pull this shit from? Like you don't need that. No, it was people... it was real. It was like, oh, that's exactly you know. Yeah. Maybe the order might change slightly. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, the the, the the end of the day, those are the things that you you have to have, and then you know hard work yeah and i've had people uh like on facebook or whatever they're calling yeah that's that's it but you also need this i'm like look bro i'm not gonna give you everything <laughs> if you want everything I'll, i could be your business manager if that's what you want me to do let's right. go 50 50 on it i'll tell you how to run everything and you go do it yeah but this is I, i'm giving you what no oh, you'll be a whole that's ever, a whole that's a whole nother level like, exactly yeah. Dude, nobody's ever giving me any of this yeah. stuff i even say you know i have so many friends quote unquote friends in the industry ever since I've started. I've been in it since 2009. People have seen us grow from forums, selling stuff on forums to yeah. where we are at now. There's probably less than a handful of people that have ever reached out to me and ever said like, yo, Frank, I respect what you do, but maybe this move wasn't the smartest. Maybe you should have did it this way. Right. Or, hey, man, maybe you can, uh, if you're looking to get t-shirts done, I have this guy. Or, hey, you should add more apparel or like accessories to right. your brand. Or have you ever, nobody nobody did that shit to me. And You had like, to learn the hard lesson I had to learn the whole way through. <laughs> by myself, yeah. I had to learn all this. And I'm just like, dude, if I give somebody the gems to start, their own business they're not going to be my competition right. because i'm doing my yeah, own thing it. It does, even yeah. if people are selling hardware right now we're not the same i'm in my own lane and if these guys are selling hardware that is comparable to ours if they're selling it that's dope yeah. You know, if they have a family and they go home and their wife is happy for them, if they have kids, if their kids are happy to see them, if their kids are fed, if their parents are proud of them, dude, why am I going to shit on this dude? Yeah. You know, no, it doesn't. It, well, not, not only it's it's a waste of your time. Yeah. First and foremost, but it doesn't get you where you want to go anyway. I mean, not not just because it's a waste of time. I get dms all the time about oh well this guy makes something similar and it's like a fraction of the price I'm like well that's cool if it fits buy it like mm -hmm. i'm i'm all for it like there are a lot of similar products now um to what i what i my core customer or what my core product line is and i don't know if it always existed or if it's just now you know becoming something i'm yeah. aware of but customers are you know I don't think they do. They think they think they're doing me a favor by pointing it out. Yeah, that it, that it exists. And, and maybe I should line myself up price wise to be competitive. And it's like, OK, I appreciate that. You know, I'm sure that, you know, they're trying to do some something positive and, 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 and be a, you know, uh, a supporter of the brand. But at the end of the day, nobody does what I do. You know, I, I think that there's there's something to be said about that and not everyone's going to be a customer of what I make, but you know, knowing that, you know, I take the extra step to do stuff custom, you know, I, I think everything that I've done in the last two weeks, if it's not an off the shelf part, you know, it's something that actually requires feedback from the customer, you know, so I'm not really interested in competing with, you know, uh, like a prepackaged product, something that exists, uh, that's, you know, readily available and it's got mass distribution. Like I'm perfectly happy with making something one time, you know, for somebody and, and knowing that, you know, 
the likelihood is, is that these other businesses that are set up for like production level manufacturing, they're not going to mess with that. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a very niche market. And I, I, I think, um, I made a post and I think you chimed in on that post. It was a, it was a while back. It was a couple months ago, several months ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And that was about a, a, a friend of mine, um, talking about success mm -hmm. and that he's always, he, he's real hype. He's got a lot of energy and he's always, I don't know, he, he's like negged out that I'm not as hype about him, about my future that he is like, mm -hmm. he's like super hype. He's like, dude, you're not doing enough. You're not, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And you know, you could be, you could blow up. You could have, you know, you could be rich. Yeah. Like, hey man, I, I appreciate that. I, I really do. Like if, if, if I had that energy or if I had that want to be there, then I, I would, but I'm perfectly happy where I'm at right now. You know, um, it's, it's like risk versus reward. Like some, some people don't want to put in that, that 16th hour to make one more sale at the cost of not being there for my kid. Definitely. You know, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a different, everyone wants something different from business. And, um, you know, as much as I appreciate, you know, all the positive support, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of understanding that I have a plan and that plan may not be apparent to everybody. But. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like we were talking uh, upstairs is just like um, this is your brand. Mm -hmm. This is going to run how you want it to be. This is what represents you and the way that, that you want to portray it. That's that's on you. Like you don't have to follow any other uh, any right. other business models or anything like that, which is another um, great piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because that's how we've we've started out, you right. know. I, and like I I was saying before, everybody's seen the growth of me personally and of the company from when we started, right. two thousand nine to two thousand nineteen, ten years. If if you hear me say these things about competition and things like that, right. I guarantee there's people that are listening right now and saying that's bullshit. Because I remember when you put this company on blast and you embarrassed them or whatever. Right. Yeah, that was it. But you can't judge me on anything that's happened past six months ago dude. Right. i'm changing and i'm evolving every single day every single month and i'm i'm taking in so much information and so much data and i'm just figuring out okay well the way that i used to do things that wasn't the right way you know right. you can't hold me to something that happened one year two years three years ago because that was a lesson that i learned and i'm changing from from that person well and it wasn't like a, was. it wasn't a book that you read that, yeah that you go oh well this is how you this is how you do it. Now, oh, page 13 said, this is what I was supposed to do. No, there was no book. You, you're bound to make mistakes. Exactly. I've made a lot of mistakes. I made a mistake last week. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make a mistake this week. So, you know, bottom line is, is that you learn from it. And, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, customers don't want, not customers, but there are people out there that don't want to let you forget about it. Yeah. And there's, there's people that are in this industry that, um, that look at the industry as their own like Kardashian, uh, oh, yeah. show and they want to, to pump that kind of stuff because I'll still get DMS of people screenshotting this or sending it to me. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a nice product. Oh, they did a good job. What the hell you want yeah. me to say, dude? I'm right here. I'm doing my own thing, bro. Whatever they're doing. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. I mean, that's what what I'm what I said a moment ago. I mean, there are times where people send me a picture of something that go, hey, yeah, did you are you aware of this? I'm like, no, honestly, I, you know, I start my day at, at 530, 6 o'clock. 
I don't end my day until 5.30, 6 o'clock. I have very, very little time to know that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I appreciate you showing me, but it's not going to change what I'm going to do tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're, you're supposed to do with that sometimes. Like, you know, is it, is it meant to motivate me? Is it meant to like distract me? I uh, feel like that's where people are, are just throwing, uh, like, uh, fuel to the fire. I, yeah. I, I really feel like that's their motivation. Um, maybe want to see some drama go down. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And they know that I fell, um, I fell for that in the past yeah. because of how passionate I was about the brand, about yeah. the things that I was doing. And like you said, the behind the scenes, like, uh, the last trip that I went on, I forgot where it was, but I went to this trip by myself and I have two suitcases that are exactly 50 pounds because they were both over. Yeah. So they were both over maybe like. 15 pounds total. So that 15 pounds is now in my backpack. So I have 100 pounds that I'm pulling. My backpack's probably at least another 30, 40 pounds. And I'm carrying another suitcase as well. And I'm going through and I'm not I'm not thinking about it like, damn, this is heavy. I'm just thinking like, wow, if people really understood what we went through, they would have a lot more respect for me and for the brand than, than the way that they do yeah. talk about us, you know, but it's okay, man. It's, it's, it's not my place. Well, they, they only get, they only get to see where you are today. I got I, to the they, show, they, they you don't, know, they don't, they don't think about all the stuff in between. You know, I think I had a customer that said something to me. I did get negged out. I was really, I was really upset about it. Um, he said something about, you know, the cost of materials and why I'm charging as much as I do for what I, what I do. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just, I had, I had such a hard time in that, in, in that following hour. I think I, I was not productive. Mm -hmm. it, it messed me up, you know, the, the, and, and it's, it sucks that something so simple can jam me up like that. But, you know, it's kind of like what I do is similar to like art, you know, Definitely. you have to be creative. You got to be in a, in a, in a, in a positive mind, you know, mindset. You, you have to be feeling good. You know, if, if God, if, if I had one cup too many of coffee in the morning and, and if I don't eat at the right time, mm -hmm. like it makes a difference in what I put out. So mentally having that weight, that garbage in my head about, you know, this guy saying, oh, well, what I do, it's cheap. It's like, OK, great. I mean, I have a product for you. I make the DIY kits. I mean, there's yeah. literally no profit built into those products like you, you want to do the, the physical part. You want to do the welding, which is ultimately what makes this stuff expensive. It's like buy the DIY kit and do it yourself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they get caught on, on such a small, you know, detail that sometimes, you know, saying those things out loud, um, hearing it, you know, I don't know, it kind of depresses you. It, 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 at least it did for me. I, I'm, 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 and that's the area that I feel like growth wise, I mean, there's business growth and then there's personal growth. I think the area I need to grow more in is just being thicker skinned. I yeah. thought I was already thick skinned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need to let some of this stuff just roll off of me. Yeah. It, it's very hard, man. And we've had personal conversations through DMs about that. And, it, and it's just things that I've seen that, that, that you're going through that I've gone through before yeah. because just imagine 
all the shit that we went through starting off and people are saying why would i buy it from you i'll just go to home depot i'll just go to my hardware store yeah and you're talking about the majority of the people saying that yeah. and to me i'm just like well i already sold a few of them so there's people out there that are gonna buy it so it's not like, a bad idea yeah just let me let me do my own thing yeah. you know what i mean but you just get the negativity negativity and still to this day we'll get it and i'm just kind of like <laughs> laughing it off because yeah. they're like oh yeah what are you gonna sell your cheap ass bolts well, and i'm just like okay yeah <laughs> yeah that's probably i think the sweetest part about like what you do and maybe at some point uh, i'll have i'll have the time to to do it and, and i'll feel just as good as is seeing your customer face to face like mm -hmm. i don't do that i don't yeah. have i don't have that face-to-face -face interaction you know i don't have a retail like storefront i don't I don't really want that, but I do want to connect with my customers. I want to go to these events, these shows. I will be doing it. Nice. Uh, the the problem is, is I'm I'm such a huge family man. Yeah, like, dude. Like, I can't even explain it. Like, I, I have three great kids, and I don't know what I did right. I just know what I did. Yeah. So I'm not willing to change anything. I've got one more kid that's going to go through school. In three years, if the market is still where it's at and I'm still doing what it is I'm doing, there's going to be a change. All I'm hoping for is that, you know, I'm not too late, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I just can't, I can't draw that line in the sand right now and then make my last child pay that price. Yeah. You know, so giving up all those experiences and, 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 and things like that. I want to be in front of my customers. I want to see their faces. I want to shake their hands. Um, it, it means a lot. And it probably, I can only assume, it means even more when you hear that negative crap coming your way. And then being at an event in front of your customers, shaking their hands, seeing them happy about the purchase yeah. they just made. It just, it's like the biggest like high, you know, to yeah. just know that, you know, that you had someone that was really negative and was like talking down to you and it doesn't matter how much or how little you sell, just that one instance, that one thing makes it all worth it. You know, your customers are, when they're happy with what they get. And I get a little bit of that, you know, when they post and they're happy, dude, I feel so good inside. It, it's, it's awesome. You know, I just, I want to see, I want to see that face to face too yeah you know, uh, maybe that that could be something that you could implement in your social media you know um doing more stuff on your on your story uh just doing more lives things like that interacting with people you know asking questions that's that's a lot of the stuff that i do yeah interact yo what am i doing bad what's you know send me a message what am i doing bad what have i done uh in these last six months or year or whatever what have i done that that made you think about the company in a negative way because my number one goal is always customer service right so if i'm not representing myself if the customer service isn't well if the products are taking too long let's talk about it yeah don't I'm, keep it to yourself <laughs> yeah i'm always i'm always up to to improve right i'm always trying to improve and if there's if there's somebody that can help me out there i, I would greatly appreciate that you know but when it's, you post those things, do you do you get feedback? Yeah, yeah. Um, not, I know. I know. Sometimes you know you see the feedback in the thread, but like a lot of the, I read, I read most of the the questions that I feel are parallel with a, mm -hmm. a situation or a life event that I'm going through. Um, you've hit some that I'm like, dude, that was timely. Like, 
I'm going through a similar thing and yeah. I, I read them and some of the responses are, you know, like off track and then yeah. some of them are good. I'm curious, like, you know, had, had I put myself in front of the camera, maybe I need to do that more often. Like you're saying, definitely. Um, I don't arrive at those, those, um, those conclusions. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, um, I'm, well, I'm thinking about it more and more now. Yeah. But, you know, the, just to know that the type of feedback that comes in are people like honest you feel um it's getting towards that yeah. because people people don't know at, at at first why i'm doing all of this stuff yeah. and i guarantee that there's people out there right now that think that i'm gonna come out with my own business course and you know you sign up for <laughs> 20 bucks a month or something and we'll have a exclusive meetings or whatever which right. Which that would be something that that would work, but right. that's not the reason that I'm doing this. You know, right. I feel that like I've been I've been given this life that I I'm not I'm not supposed to have this life at all. And if I can give people tips and tricks to get to make their life enjoyable and to get to a point where they're having fun every day and not just when their days off or when they're off of work, like if I can give that to one person, dude, I, I feel like I'm giving back, right. you know, and even those people that have negative things to say, uh, I, mostly I know that it's not because of me, it's because of what they have going on in life. And, and I sympathize with them to yeah. see why, why do you feel like you would want to have to tell a complete stranger these That's things? That's real. I didn't even, you know, I mean, get, you get pretty heavy. Yeah. No, definitely, <laughs> I, I, dude. I don't even, I mean, for me to stop and even having come up with that sentence, like that took, that either took a, a, a life experience or like you, you, you've had, you know, that, that happened to you. Like for me, I, I don't think I would have ever arrived at that concept. From I don't think I've ever stepped back from what's going on in my own life, in my own situation to realize like, well, this guy's probably going through some shit i never thought of that like it's it's a lot of interacting with yeah. people since i've had the business i've i've had maybe over a hundred uh booths at, at shows you get to meet a lot of different people uh from a lot of parts of the com country yeah. parts of the world different personalities and you see how people conduct themselves online versus in person and it's just a lot of stuff for me to take in and and you know listening to podcasts and things yeah. like that and and it just makes me think like i can read people really well and i could tell when somebody comes at me in, in a really um like negative way yeah i know it's not because of me because I'm not out doing negative things to people. If if you would have heard that Downstar is a company who scams people who takes their money, <laughs> right. you would have heard it yeah, already right, right, now. Right. You know, um, and I always say like, if you were to meet me in person, ninety nine percent of the time that you're gonna, it's like, how could you arrive at that? Yeah, you're gonna like me because I know how I know how to navigate and I I know how to make people feel comfortable. Right. And no matter how standoffish they are, I'm able to be able to to relate with them. If we have something that we can talk about cars or whatever, we can go from there. Um but I know it has a lot to do with people's insecurities in themselves. Right. Maybe I don't know much about you building engines going fast and things like that and maybe they do. Maybe they're part of the race community they say how is this dude's name everywhere he doesn't know shit his cars are f slow as hell but you're you're looking at everything through a, 
a, a jaded lens. Yeah. You know, you're not looking at it the right way. And it's the same people who, who would tell you like, oh, the the product, it doesn't cost that much to, to make. Like, why is it taking them? Well, you know, a piece of steak at one restaurant versus another restaurant, the piece of steak, it could have came from the same place. Yeah. But eat, it could be prepared by the same chef. But if it's coming out at this restaurant versus this restaurant, this restaurant spent so much time and money on marketing themselves and, and having a, a reputation. Right for for being this company how can you compare the two there's so many things like the hidden the hidden costs and and, and that's where sometimes i feel like i don't know i almost feel like i'm it's re i'm responsible for for breaking all that down and, and and then i then i step back when i'm about to and i, I just stop yeah oh you know what it's not my responsibility my responsibility is to my paying customers like, mm -hmm. i have i have a backlog right now of two and a half weeks yeah you know, um, for me to sit down and try to explain it, even though I, I, I might want to, you know, I want to break it down just to say, hey, hater, you know, like you're right there. There's only $60 in material there, you know, but there's there's more. There's more that goes into that. You know, there's, you know, things that I don't necessarily think I need to explain, but you want to, you yeah. know, and, and that's where sometimes you, you feel really stuck you know when when you want to connect with that customer and you want to turn them into a supporter and sometimes even despite your your best effort yeah they, they still won't be you know and and now you you just wasted 30 40 minutes of your time trying to to turn this guy's perspective around and um so i, I you know it's always been something that I read on the internet and some of the feedback that you get whether or not it's like genuine or whether you take it like seriously for me, if I were to read a lot of that, I don't know. I don't know if I'm grown up enough yet. It's hard, to, man. To to use some of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd start second guessing myself or wondering whether or not like I'm doing the right thing or I'm I'm saying the right thing. So, you know, it's um it's crazy, you know, obviously communicating on on in a way where there it's it's a two way, you know, that you, you put something out there and obviously someone can say something about it you know it's not it's not like a blog yeah you just throw it out there and it's like this is it this, this is this is this is all there is to it you know yeah the, so the you know opening yourself up to that criticism is it's a um, it's tough sometimes like, it's very hard man yeah, and then all the things that go on outside i feel actually i'm really really happy with my customer base like i i got lucky uh, maybe not lucky. Maybe this is all by design, but I, I, I'm really happy with the people who do business with me. I'm happy that they're happy. Um, and I try to keep that like that one thing, that feeling that I get when I say that, like I have to remember that because there are so many times where you, you, you read a, an email or there's a direct message that's outside of public view that you have to deal with. And, um, when it happens publicly, oh God, like I have like the most awesome customers. These guys support me. I don't know why I, I have so much love, but yeah. you know, if it happens publicly, you know, I don't even have to worry about it. It just kind of gets snuffed out. You know, they, they come correct. They are the ones that are like, no, that, that's not the way it is. You know, yeah. customer service is number one with Rob. He, he takes 
all that extra time to make sure that you know the product is made right or I'm happy with the product. And when you have someone that says something polar opposite of so many of those positive experiences, you know, it's it's hard not to, you know, listen to it, right? You know, so that's where I know for sure, like, I need to do better. Yeah. I, I need to be better about that. Like, so this is like you said, this guy's going through something. I never really think about that. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't I don't think that much deeper. I'm just like, okay, well, the guy came at me like that and I don't know why. And, you know, now I'm trying to deal with it and I'm not dealing with it. I'm not dealing with it the right way. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the area like personal growth that I probably need to do the, you know, the, the best, the most, like yeah. just learning how to process those negative uh, comments and or people, you know, that's it's almost like. You know, no big deal. But everything is yeah. important to you with a small business. Like yeah. that one person, it's not just one person. You know, you gotta wonder, like, if that guy feels that way, like is there is, well, there, yeah, another, no, is there another one? I've had that yeah. happen too, where uh, I've had some people who have like a, a pretty big name in the community try to drag me and I've seen a lot of people that quote unquote supported me, they just ghosted me. Really? Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, you you know me. You know who I am and you know what I stand for, but you might have always had that idea about me right. in the first place. And then the first example, quote unquote example that you think you can use, like, oh yeah, I knew that that's how he was. But if you're a genuine person, you just keep doing your own thing and they'll come back around and yeah. they've, they've come back around, but I don't forget who was there through those times and I don't forget who left. Yeah. during those times and business is business i'll do business with everybody bro but if if you want me to have the the conversations that we used to have want me to talk to you in a certain way like no you've become a customer <laughs> yeah, now sorry. i'm sorry yeah because at the end of the day like if you had an issue with me or if you saw something like you should have reached out to me like yo dude that wasn't right you right. know or whatever you did talk to me like like a man right but it, it never went down like that so uh even even those situations that happen like that you always have to look at those as positive situations because it gave light to those people that were fair weather supporters yeah. fair weather friends and no matter what anybody says about you or not if if you know in your heart that you're a genuine person and the things and the moves that you made were were genuine and it was the right thing to do at that time there's nothing to regret yeah you you got to move on keep on going on and you you learn from that lesson and it's it's just about growing and that's like i say some of the things that i i see that you going through are things that i've went through and yeah. it, it, it's a it's a rough road man and I've I've grown up with people talking down on me, you know, shitting on me. I've grown up with with not having a lot of friends around and and having to just fend for myself. And at that time, it it really upset me because I'm like, whoa, why why am I not going to these sleepovers or whatever? Why am I <laughs> like? Why doesn't anybody want to be my friend? But unbeknownst to me, that was training me for the future and the loneliness of being a business owner right because 
you're put you're putting yourself out there and you're giving everybody else to have uh, a, a reason to shit on you or to talk down on you but as a business owner i can't publicly say anything i have to just take it yeah. right well so then that's tough too. It, it's tough yeah. it's definitely tough but you have to learn how how to take it and dude it's really been taking me up to shit this last past year to to actually realize that stuff you know and then um People that have known you before the business, you know, friends, family or whatever, they start treating you different and they they start like, oh, man, it's easy for you to say like, like, dude, you knew me before I had the fucking business. What do you mean? It's easy for me to yeah. say when you were out partying, when you were out clubbing and when I was at home, you know, f uh, doing orders like it was it was easy for me then yeah like, come on dude you know so you you have to be the strongest person that you can for yourself because nobody's gonna feel sorry for you yeah i know that sounds so selfish and it's you know the hardest person to say that to is family like yeah. i had a recent conversation with my mother um about something very very similar to that it was um there's never a good time to have that conversation never and it's um, it was, it was funny how it, how it came to be. It was actually my birthday. It was my birthday. Um, I felt a little bit bad because apparently, um, there was a, something I missed between the lines. It's like she wanted to come over and make me lunch or, or dinner or something. And I didn't respond Got to her. You. And I felt like such a schmuck because you know, her, she, she was in the right place. Her heart was in the right place. And um, when I finally got around to, to picking up the phone, um, which to a mother, that really shouldn't be an issue, right? You, you, you want to talk to your son, your son, your son should be available to you. And I obviously had to explain to her in the long way about business and why I'm so recluse and why I don't come and see her very often. And, you know, parents are getting older and you want to make sure that, you know, you spend as much time with them and that they know, you know, I, I know she knows that I love her. That that really doesn't need to be said, I think. Yeah. I mean, at least not not my relationship with my mother. But when you when you try to explain the amount of effort and attention that the business requires that sometimes even on something like you know it's it's mine it's my birthday like how i choose to like totally not do anything or you know work long hours on my birthday it's like dude i i did that because it but it's what needed to be done but so many times you try to i've tried to explain how how much uh, the business takes from you, you know, and you know, the, the few times where you do have free time, you like, you have to really think about how you want to spend those, those moments, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you not only run the business, but you travel and then you do this. So if you had say a small window, uh, it's not an easy choice for you to choose what it is you're going to do with yeah. that time. Right. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of thought I would imagine goes into how you spend your free time. And that's, that's the way it is for me, you know? So, you know, telling her, yeah, I, I want to see you, but the business is, is really good right now. Uh, which means I'm working longer hours. I'm working harder. I don't take, you know, a lot of personal time to step out and make phone calls and, 
stopping in on uh, unannounced and, and visiting you and, and having a lunch or dinner or something like that. It sounds like excuses. Yeah. You know, I know it, even saying it, it sounds like excuses. Like we could always do better. Mm -hmm. But uh, that that is that's the toughest part is like time management with with business and, and knowing how to pick what um, what you do with those 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 free moments, those those little windows that you might have. Like, you know, it's so many levels, like so many people you can disappoint, you know, you can yeah. disappoint yourself by not being successful. You can disappoint your loved ones because you're not present and all they want is for you to be around them. I mean, it's it's not something you should be mad at you know you're they love you they want you there and you're not and it comes yeah. it comes some you know sometimes it comes out wrong you know they, they say it in a way that i get i get pissed because it's like well you know i'm not doing this on purpose it's yeah. like dude this is just what is required of me you know so that's it's a, a tough uh, it's a tough road to go down man yeah so there's there's a there's a there was a lot of lessons to be learned in such a short amount of time um I think I'm doing a pretty good job overall with all of it. You know, there's the worst, the worst part about this is just not, you know, not having gone to school for it, not uh, having, you know, a roadmap to help you get to where you want to go and, and just knowing that you're going to make mistakes and, and hoping that the people that recognize those mistakes are pretty they're pretty nice to you you know yeah. like, just don't make me own it you know like, just be nice don't don't beat me yeah <laughs> I, no. I, I i i messed up a couple of times on orders and customers just ripped into me and really just like oh man I, I, no one feels worse about it than i do i i get it <laughs> yeah you know, I fucked you, up. it's like you, every day there's so many chances for you to make a mistake and you know you just hope that someone's nice when they they understand like oh man i I get it. I, I understand. You know, yeah. You don't want to disappoint anyone. And in the process, you end up disappointing someone. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's the the ups and downs of. I think that's a lot business, that people right? people miss about um, business owners, especially small business owners, is they don't understand those kind of things, you know, and that's why I try to be so transparent with my customers and say, like, look, this is not in stock right now. We'll have it in stock at this time. Like you want to wait or you want to refund or what? Like, I'm sorry, dude, this is how yeah. shit goes. Well, I need it. I'm like, dude, I'm, it's I, the I, world I, to them in that moment. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really tough to compete with that. Yeah. And I, I've, I try my hardest to satisfy everybody. And it seems like all the time I just always end up getting the shit under the stick, you know? And, and, um, just, being a business owner is you have to take those those sacrifices you have to be the one who loses out all yeah. the time no matter how people think it looks from the outside looking in you know all the cars all all, all the nice shit or whatever like yeah you know there's a lot of there's a there's reasons why we why we have those things dude is because we put up with so much shit that is 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 hurtful for one human being to make another human being feel like that it's yeah. fuck cars fuck business fuck all that dude you're making one human being's life worse that day because of how you want to feel because yeah. of this issue that's going on uh, it, it, i think the one of the strongest feelings i have about this industry 
is that none of what we do is necessary. Yeah. None of it. And I've, I've made a couple of comments. It's gotten me into arguments. Like I had partially an argument with, uh, Aki, you mm -hmm. know, that time that, uh, we had that debate and I made a comment and reading through the comments that were made about that was really interesting and how, I guess, you know, I, I shouldn't be too surprised because this industry is filled with, I mean, just look at the demographics, right? You know, how old we are. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes the comments that are said, but it doesn't make it any less disturbing or hurtful. You know, when, when you have people that are so intense and to know that a lot of this could have been avoided with one better planning two, uh, you know, just a better attitude or, or three, just like knowing that this is just a hobby. Yeah. Like, you know, for us, it's business. You know, so it does affect us more than just that. But as as the end user, so you use your own products. I use my own products. So knowing that these decisions that we make when it comes to the stuff in this industry none of it is necessary yeah so it shouldn't ever really be taken so seriously you know that uh some of the comments that i get and it's like dude you're gonna have a i made this comment in, a, in an email and it got taken the wrong way i said you're gonna have a hard life with this attitude yeah like you and I, I don't know how to say that any better maybe verbally if i was to say it it comes better because you know you sense emotion or there's a little bit more that you take from it but in written in written text yeah. it, it, it maybe gets taken the wrong way but um you know people coming at you with stuff like oh man well you know fuck you for for you know giving me the wrong eta on a custom made part and i'm like look hey i'm really sorry i don't know how to make this right like it's time and I can't rewind the clock. Yeah. So either one of two things, you're either going to give me the time I need or I'm going to give you your money back. Mm -hmm. But they're not dissatisfied with that. They want to really just rub your nose in it. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I've got this case swap in my car and this is the car that gets me to and from work to make a living. And I'm like, well, you know what, man, you should have planned better mm -hmm. or, or honestly, maybe you shouldn't even have swapped the car, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the car you get to and from work for. Yeah. How irresponsible are you for putting a K in it? <laughs> yeah. Like your car didn't come with a K. You blew the motor, put another D in it. Yeah. You know, that's that, 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 that irritates me so much when people want to like broadcast like their their fuck ups on you and make a small fuck up so much bigger. Yeah. And, and it's it's I think it's funny. Like I, I, I keep stepping back and like none of us should be taking any of this so seriously because it's it's meant to be fun yeah it's supposed to be fun uh but you know some people obviously invest a lot more in it you know and i don't think they realize that we invest just as much it's just in a very different way like I, we we put our heart and soul into what we do and so easily it's dismissed you know on, in such a small oversight like being out of something yeah hey believe me being out of something doesn't help me <laughs> you know like does it make you money when you're out of something no <laughs> no yeah so if if i need if if i could fix that i would because having it means i'm gonna make money on yeah it. not oh, having yeah. it doesn't do shit for me i so, wish i had infinite yeah bro, i wish inventory. i had all of everything you know but um so yeah it's 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 interesting you know where you you put 
everything you have into it and you still don't get it right all the time, you know, and, and today with, um, you know, with company, you know, companies like Amazon, you know, providing such excellent service, it's really hard to compete with that. Yeah. Expecting to have everything all the time and then having it tomorrow. It's like, dude. Yeah. I think what really helped the model, what helped me out with that is just being very transparent with my customers and showing them what we got going on at the shop, what we're doing, you know, that we're doing the podcast. So they know that we have a lot of stuff going on. Maybe that's something that you could do when you're actually burning right there. You could say, yeah. hey, tag the guy and say, hey, bro, we're working on yours right now. And then other people will be like, oh, I can't wait to see mine on there. You know? it, and that, it, it works. It, it has um, that's definitely addressed the, the backlog. Uh, there were periods in time where I spent more time explaining my delay and now I, I, I definitely see that I'm not I'm not spending anywhere near that amount of effort. Um, I think customers finally either one now know through a couple of rants. Uh, I think it was funny. Someone said something like if you see Rob's face in a video, it's never a good <laughs> <laughs> like he's always going to have a bitch like he's yeah. going to complain. So this is the first time like I've been on camera. I'm not complaining, right? <laughs> but I'm complaining. Yeah. Um, no, but it's 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 actually kind of funny because he says uh, you're like, dude, you, you 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 just need to kind of train your customer base mm-hmm. and, and and teach them that this is the style of business that you're in. And obviously there's always a state of flux. You're going to get new customers that maybe didn't see that post. So just because you posted it one time doesn't mean that they're aware of it. Yeah. Like you got to repost it. You got to hammer gotta, down gotta, on that point. You got to bring it. You got to bring it back to the surface. You got to make sure that it's it's fresh. But lately, it hasn't been so much an issue. Uh, tagging customers in their pictures. I know that with what I do, one of, the, my, one of my biggest fears is that what I do is so repetitive mm-hmm. that I think eventually like looking at my instagram it's, it looks like the same recycled shit over nah, and over man. and over no, again i is... i see the difference i know that like there's a small tweak to it but if somebody were looking at it that it all starts to look the same and it's like i'll go i'll go radio silent you won't hear from me for three or four days and that's because i'm banging out like five or six or seven of the exact same things that I made the last time I posted. I'm like, who wants to see seven of those? So I yeah. just, I just don't post. I'm, I'm so if I'm ever quiet, that's because I don't feel like my customers want to see yeah. that. And, you know, I try to post stuff that's fresh, you know, things that kind of show my best foot forward. Um, you know, and, and there's, a there's not a lot of different content that you're going to see for me. It's well, just small little changes, you know, and yeah, you know, there's that's, a, uh, I, I seen a, a post from, uh, do you know who Gary V is? Gary Vaynerchuk? No. So, um, he's like a motivational speaker, a businessman, and he's, he's a beast, bro. You should, you should follow him, but okay. he'll always post up questions that people will have for him. Right. And I think I even saw this today or yesterday. It was, uh, I'm trying to build my YouTube channel, but it's so hard for me to think of uh, content. And he oh, right. said, well, you, you you, shouldn't really worry about the content. You should just be worrying about documenting it. Right. Okay. This is the path. This is what it's taking me to get to the point wherever I want to go to. So say in 10 years, 
people are going to remember, dude, I was following you 10 years ago when you were just, you were just busting out those, those, uh, swirl pots or yeah. whatever. And, you know, you were just telling the small differences that were going on like that stuff. There's value in that. You know, you, True. you, you really don't want to have to focus on like, Hey guys, what's up today? We're doing this. We got this special project and be like, yo, this is real life. This is what I do today. I woke up at this time. I'm right here at the shop. You know, it's seven o'clock at the shop. I'm getting this done. Okay, guys, it's lunchtime. I got five swirl pods done. I hope you guys have a good lunch. You go to lunch, show what you're having, right. so people can relate to you. And yeah. if there's um, if there's a, a fab guy out there that he wants to get into the business, and maybe he thinks like, dude, all I do is just battery trays. Like this shit's boring, you know? <laughs> it's just no, dude. You could say, okay, now we're packing this one up. This one's going to to Bob eight oh five. You know, shot. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate your support. Send it out. When he gets it, then you repost it. You know, Bob likes it. This we built this for him last week. If you guys remember, you know, yeah. you just put out that content, and it's just this is the reality of what it is. Right. You know, this isn't a dog and pony show, dude. This is real life. This is what it. This is what Track Tough is. Yeah. We build these products. They go to the cars, and now from this scrap metal to what it was to it's cut down to you burning it to you packing it to the dude getting it to it being on the car, you could document all of that, and right. that's just one customer. And you're talking about content for days, Shh. man. I'm gonna end up having to stop working. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Even <laughs> I'm gonna you... have to. Ha I'm gonna have to. Yeah hire somebody just to do what i do dude I think or maybe just like the content like, yeah, i've seen so many posts recently for jobs where they're looking for like um people to manage hell the yeah social media I think everybody every company should have a social media person yeah i suck at that so that would be the first person i hire yeah <laughs> guys if you're listening right now <laughs> if you're what, upland uh, uh, upland is yeah. that if you're in the upland area man if you're a hustler hit up rob but definitely man that's that's a that's where a lot of people are missing out on and that's you should crazy. you should post every single day you should post at least a few times a day because uh instagram knows when you're not posting when you take two three four days off your next post that comes up you're only going to get to a very small percentage oh, yeah. and of i've people. always i've always looked at it, i'm like dude all right they don't like that and it's not that it's not that it's not that right. it's that they're they're sending it to only this much people right. and they're they're the hierarchy they're saying you're gonna be on our app and if you're not on our app nobody's gonna see your shit so you have to make sure you're on it that's so, crazy yeah dude it's nuts but it's just the tool that we're given and we have to figure out how to use that tool correctly it's definitely the it's a, it's a it's an old guy thing then it you is know, i was having a conversation with jeremy mm -hmm. um lakovsky yeah drag cartel uh this is probably two months ago and he was talking about he just redesigned his website and mm -hmm. he's like i'm trying to get with the times and i'm like dude i'm right there with you we're totally we sound like two old farts right yeah we're, we're talking about instagram and and uh you know how how we go about our business and we we are definitely you, we're we're same age and we just don't get it we're like we're dabbling in it we're we're yeah. we're, 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 we're finding limited success with it because we don't quite understand it so it it makes a lot of sense to to bring that fresh you know, like we were talking earlier today yeah bringing fresh blood in and someone that Definitely. understands the market the customer base the customer base has changed so different it's so different from uh the language uh, that's where i realized like i'm i'm out of my place and yeah not that i don't want to do business with them but i don't know how to connect um that's um that's really 
It's really interesting. You know, I remember sitting in the driveway at my parents' house when I was living with them and wrenching on cars when I lived there. My dad would come out and he'd always be so angry, always so angry. I mean, this is a dude that, you know, big muscle cars, you know, yeah. and he saw me working on imports and I think I broke his heart. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what is this? Yeah. He, he did not like it. I mean, my dad's like, big white boy, big beard, biker looking. Dude, yeah. You know? and, uh, I took after my mom's side, little, you know, Mexican. <laughs> dark hair don't look like i'd have a big white dad and, yeah 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 you know i probably i probably made him feel like mad you know he just he's like oh my god my son he's working on four cylinders you know yeah. now it's funny he comes over and he's he says oh i, I hear these things are running you know in the eights and hell seven. yeah and like, oh, <laughs> a whole different respect but it didn't change the fact that at that time uh he i'm sure he was pretty disappointed that i was working on a on an import and no, I was current then, you know, and he was the one. He was the dinosaur. Yeah, he was out of, you know, like totally out of, uh, out of place. Mm. And and now, you know, with how this industry's evolved, I mean, that's that's a long time. This import industry is. I don't think anyone thought it would get to where it is today. I mean, you probably had a few people that that felt or knew that it wasn't going anywhere, but mm -hmm. there was always that big debate on, you know how heavy you invested in certain things and whether or not it was going to work out long term, you know, got you cars were evolving and whether or not, you know, the industry would be affected by the new vehicle makes and how difficult they are to, to tune. Um, but you know, it's still, these old cars are just, they're still out there and people are still finding new ones to, to, to modify, but, the, the customer, the language, um, totally different. Like I'm, 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 I feel like my dad now. Yeah. I feel kind of old. Like I'm not, I'm not keeping up with what, what's going on. And well, one thing, uh, at least that your dad wasn't selling parts to imports. <laughs> you're at least still in the game. Yeah. Right. You're selling parts to them. They're buying them. They're going on builds that maybe you don't understand why they built it that way yeah. or why it looks that way. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, what I always say is that you have to leave emotions out of it. Like a situation is what it is. Whether it's some if somebody passes away or something, God forbid, that's the situation yeah. we're in now. What that might be an extreme example, but it's like, what are you gonna do about it after this? Right. Whether you're, are you going to be sad and are you going to lose your life as well? Like lose your potential. And is that what that person would have wanted for you? Or is it that person you want to, uh, take the gems that they gave you while they were around and you make their legacy keep going on, yeah. you know? And that's kind of how I feel about the, the, the Honda industry is that it's done so much for me that I have to give back to it. And I, I know that if I don't give back to it, there's a potential that this this community is not going to be anything that I can relate to. But if I stay in the game, if I stay current with everything, not only will I still be relevant, 
I have the power to change the community in whichever direction that I want right. it even to if go. It's, even if it's just, you know, the, the small community around you. Uh, yeah. Around yeah. me or, or whatever it could be. You know, I know that like the, the things that even what we're doing now, this is this is a start from the things that I was doing in the past couple of years where I've been trying to interact with the community, right. get um, conversation going, giving the spotlight to um People that have done big things in the past, you know, like um, that the younger generation wouldn't know. There's not a history book that's, for the Honda community. Yeah, that's so true. So, and I think that's the, the the biggest thing that is missing is, and not that even they would want to know it all. I don't even think that as a as a large majority of the group would even care. But you know? I think that. But they it would be nice. They don't know, right? Just just like Downstar, people didn't know what they wanted they didn't know what they needed because it didn't exist right now it's you know whatever you want to think it is in the community it is something that people want to be part of mm -hmm. so they didn't know so what we're doing with the podcast downtime with downstar this is something that people didn't even know that they needed they didn't know that they needed to hear these conversations with right. people like you or, or whatever you know to get deeper down to figure out like oh yeah, I wanted to know a little more about this guy. He doesn't post much on his social media. I wonder what's going on with him. Like, is he just always complaining about something? Because that's the only <laughs> yeah. time I see him. But yeah. now they hear your story. They hear where you're coming from and the way that you think about things. And maybe it puts a different, it or... different idea in their head, you know? Right. And that's that's one of the reasons that I want to do this is I, I want to be able to have these conversations with people and figure out, like, look, what, what did it take for you to – to make your own business mm -hmm. and you know you tell about the hardships that you went through the companies that you worked with and what what made it happen for you right. and who knows who's listening if maybe in 10 years they'll have their own business you know but nobody's putting out this type of content and nobody knows that they even want this kind of content i definitely say that that's a that's a huge plus whether or not it was at the front of your want or if it's a, it's a, it's just a really solid byproduct, you know, that I think is, is the part I can appreciate the most is, is there, there is no history lesson. And it's not a matter of like respecting your elders. That's not what yeah. I mean by like the history lesson. It's just, it is, it's, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, customers, almost want to know that you live and breathe it as much as they do you mm -hmm. know and i i remember one time i was i was interacting with the customer and, and i wasn't driving my car i was like today i'm driving uh a family car mm -hmm. i usually do that you know when it comes to putting mileage on stuff i i drive what's comfortable yeah um and i i was meeting this guy and, and he wasn't taking me serious like he's like he's like who are you bro you're like you, you don't even have you don't even have a car yeah. i'm like you're right i don't <laughs> you don't know me yeah 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 uh, so it's it's almost like you're measured based on these 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 markers that we don't even recognize you know like what's your street credit like, yeah like well, how many cars have you had I'm like oh well i didn't know i had to get into that to, to you know make this transaction work yeah I, I thought you know just having the product was good enough but apparently not so yeah. now we have to sit here and measure our dicks you know it's yeah like, yo like i had this car and it made this much power and oh i had this car and like but i had these cars when you were a baby 
you know so yeah it's, so it's, it's it's interesting that you know i think those things are kind of irrelevant you know and and it's not something you'd ever hear me talk about out loud unless asked right so there are things that ultimately People in this, not just me, and I'm sure not just you, there are a lot of people in this industry that want people to know who they are that just didn't have the mechanism. You know, it wasn't there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't know, at least in the, the people that I, 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 I keep around me, they're all relatively, you know, like low ego, you know, they, they're, they're really happy with who they are. They don't need to broadcast their successes um they're just really chill you know but i think that it would be great for you know these guys to have a platform to speak on you yeah know, to, definitely to, to say you know this is this is how we came about you know where we are today it it wasn't an accident you know it wasn't a silver spoon in my mouth it wasn't you know, like someone gifted me this business and i am who i am yeah you know, i'm not quiet because I want to be quiet. It's quiet because I'm exhausted and I, you know, don't have uh, a platform. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's actually really cool what you're doing. I, I think it's, thank you. I think it's awesome. I mean, this is the most outgoing thing I've done yeah. ever, really ever like dude to, to be in this industry for as long as I have only a few people know my story like how long I've been around it, how passionate I am about it. My wife is one of them. And she was shocked when she heard I was going to do this. Really? She's like, really? Yeah, really? <laughs> and um, she, she, I, I think, I don't know how she feels about it, but it, she almost, uh, I'm sure she's probably proud. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Proud to know that you're stepping out of your comfort zone. So, you know, big ups to you for even Thank you, man. putting this together. Uh, obviously, giving somebody a platform to speak and, you know, kind of riding the coattail of your success is is very gracious of you. Thank you, man. You know, I appreciate it, man. You didn't have to do this, yeah. you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to share who I am with not only your, your, your uh, followers and viewers, but, you know, to, to connect with my customer base if if they follow you and now they get they get to know something oh it's definitely so gonna happen man it's definitely that's awesome yeah it, it, this is really cool and i think that this is something that is lacking in our community if yeah. you look in a lot of other communities there's podcasts for everything but it's just that the people in the honda community they have they have an idea in their head that the honda community is is just it's, it's what it is. It's so small. You know, mm -hmm. we're in our little niche thing. Like, you right. know, we're, we're just doing our own thing. And like, no, dude, this, it doesn't have to be like this. One day, this podcast could get to be on the level as a, a Joe Rogan or something right. like that. Because I want it to get there. And I'm going to work my fucking ass right. off to get it there. And you guys are going to come along just because this is this is my history this right. is where i'm from you know and there's people listening or that won't even listen and say who does this guy think that he is yeah i don't think that i'm anybody but, but the, that, guy that, the ones that are really missing out the most though, yeah because you know they want to know but their egos are getting in the way of them learning something definitely something real like this is this is a moment in time you know, I'm not going to be the same person I am right now in, in a year from now. So you could literally, we could do this again in a year and, and you'd be interviewing a different person. Yeah. So, you know, 
there's a timestamp on this. This is really interesting stuff, you know, that you get to hear what it is that people, their successes, their failures, you know, what works, whatever they're thinking in the moment and, and, and being able, you're letting that person in, you know, these, the, the people that watch this are, are going to get a, a little bit of a, an insight as to who we are. Definitely. You know, uh, you a lot more because, you know, you're, you're, you put yourself out there every time. Yeah. But for, for the person sitting on the other side of you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a, it's a, it's a really nice opportunity to, to, to share things that otherwise would have never, ever come to, you know, the surface. Yeah. And, and if somebody didn't watch it, it's not, it's not going to matter to me. I'm not going to know it. I'm not going to know that they didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. But to, to, to have somebody watch it and then be able to relate. Um, and if they learned anything from it, I mean, those are huge takeaways that, uh, you know, make, make me feel good about doing it. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, one of the, the unique traits that I have is, is I'm always, uh, ready to get, you know, personal and talk about my downfalls and just let my ego out of the door because dude, I, I don't have nothing to prove to anybody, you know? Yeah. So say if, if you, you're sitting there and me, I'm just like, huh, oh, really? It took you that <laughs> long, huh? How much are you going to open up to me? Right. You're going to be like, fuck, I just wasted all this time with this dude. But if I'm as humble as I can, you know, want to listen to the story and actually listening, dude, that brings so much value to, to the guests themselves that they deserve. Right. You know, because I, I'm so respectful of people's time. And like I said, for you to come out here, I, I appreciate that a lot. And I want people to listen to this because I want people to, you know, if even if they don't buy your stuff, yeah. go check it out. Give yourself give yeah. yourself an opportunity. You know, this is go, this is less about business and more about just breaking down, you know, my experiences. Yeah. That's that's really, really more about it. I think that this was just a real timely, uh, you know, you offering when you did was, was really important. Yeah. I, I don't know. Really? I, I, I felt like, I felt like it was, it was something that people were asking for without actually asking me. For. Yeah. You know, there, it was, it was obvious in some of the, some of the posts, some of the questions, um, they didn't point, you know, just come out and ask me point blank, but you know, the internet is, it's crazy how big you can become, you know, it, it's bridged so many gaps, like it, it connects you with people that you would otherwise never know. And I think sometimes it's a little scary, you know, to to navigate through businesses that maybe the owners of those businesses heads aren't screwed on right. Yeah. You know? And you're going to put your hard earned money down on something and and people want to feel kind of, you know, they want to feel confident that they're doing business with somebody that they like yeah. or they can get behind. And there wasn't enough known about me or what I do. And and that's my fault. You know, I, I'm, I say I'm busy and, and then I know I also don't make myself available. Uh, and I always have excuses for that. And when people start hearing those excuses over and over again, I think, it leaves doubt in their minds or they have to wonder like who, you know, who is this guy? He never really comes out of, you know, like, I went to Ibach and I didn't think I was going to be able to go. Mm -hmm. And I usually go out just to shake hands with you guys. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't have any real, uh, I don't know, expectation to, to bump into the end users. Yeah. Cause I don't expect them to know who I am. 
I walk, I walk around, I don't wear a company shirt, you know, I'm nobody. And yeah. I, I really don't think I am anybody special. I haven't done anything that, that deserves any special attention. So when I walk around, I'm, I'm usually just walking around to shake hands of the, you know, industry people, just, you know, thank them for the support that they send my way and, you know, say hello, you know, and support them. Yeah. Um, so I know everything that I've done up until this point was, you know, you, I don't know that I would do business with me, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, what's his story? You know, and you know, the few times that I have put myself out there, it hasn't been, uh, enough. So, you know, it was, it was really, really cool to do. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, maybe, maybe this will start you know, what you're suggesting, you know, doing yeah. something more often, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. When I, I, have, I have a lot of ideas, but just, I need to execute. Yeah. You know, I when need to I see companies that have a, a product that'll pretty much sell itself, it, it, it's, it's a great product, but I see that they have more opportunities that they could take advantage of. Yeah. Kind of got to figure out why it is, you know, and, and, um, some of the things that you say is, is things that I could relate too but just like i was saying with the content like people want to know what if there's somebody that does want to start their business what if somebody's just w interested right. on how long it takes maybe you could do fun things like like a um time lapse video of you doing the setup and yeah. then even if you're doing six in a row like, all right guys this one we're gonna see how long the the sixth one takes me so the first one second one just do fun stuff like that you right. know there's there's an audience for everybody and um like you have uh you have the product man mm. and you just have to be you have to realize that there are people that are going to be interested in what you have to say even if you're not interested in what you have to say because you already know what you know <laughs> there's 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 yeah. no way in inspiring yourself because you already know what you did you know it's just it's uh, I, I think us doing this was a really good idea and yeah. it gets people uh, to know the brand a lot more and uh, it'll get new people to go check it out. Yeah. And uh, hopefully this does help out and makes you, um, you know, come out of your shell a little more. I think so. Yeah, I've never been afraid of the camera. I've never been afraid of, you know, what come, you know, what might come out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I think. You know, it, I think this is probably something that everybody fears is whether or not the effort was worth yeah. the time, you know, um, you know, if it's something that I got to do on my own, then that's a major investment. We were talking about how much effort you put into this. Yeah. And I know that right now there's there's no way for me to to take on something like this, add it to my current list of, you know, responsibilities. Yeah. Like something's gotta give yeah but there's no doubt that it's important yeah uh, there there is there is value i've i've thought about um doing a series on all the diy products i mean obviously i put a product out there and i'm telling them to do it themselves but i'm not telling them how to do it oh yeah you know i assume that if they're interested then they must know yeah but, you know that's that's kind of shitty to me yeah it's just <laughs> getting to know your your clients and, and yeah. your customers and know what um what kind of customers that you have and what what are your downfalls? What do people really like you for? You know, you figure out all that, yeah. and you and you work on that. And um, yeah, exactly. Like like you were saying earlier about um, you know, like knowing knowing your followers. And when I've been doing all this motivational um, posts and things like that, 
at the beginning, you'll start seeing a lot of smart ass answers and yeah. just like joking. And guys, if you're listening, I'm probably one of the funniest people ever. So whatever you're going to say <laughs> is not funny to me at all. So probably just don't even say anything. But to now, uh, like that post that I put up the other day about pretty much the blueprint. If you look through that, there's very few jokes or negativity. And most of it is serious people yeah. because people know that yo, I'm not about that bullshit. Like it's not it's not funny to me. This is not a joke to me. You right. know, if this is something that you've always wanted to do here, here you go. Go do it. If you have any any tips or any help that you need, dude, I'll give you suppliers. If you want suppliers, let me know. Right. I'll send you my suppliers because one, I'm comfortable with my with my brand that I'm not like, oh shit, you're gonna take over mine. And two, like, dude, if I send somebody else work, they're gonna be appreciative. So right. maybe if I'm in a jam one day, I'm like, yo, dude, I need to get some shirts done. My guy's gonna take care of me because I've been shooting them business this whole damn year. Oh yeah. You know? So yeah, definitely. You, that you, that I've I've seen that come back to me so many times already. Yeah, like it's it's so true. You put out the good, man, and, and it'll definitely come back to you. And if it doesn't come back to you, at least you're putting out good. People yeah, are putting. I can't out, feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. people are putting negativity out all day. At least you're one of those that are uh, being the change that you want to see. Yeah. Yeah, but it, dude, it, it was so so good to sit down with you, man, to hear your story and just to get to know a lot more about the yeah, brand. Definitely appreciate. Like we've it. only had uh, guys listening. We've only had conversations via DM and through Maybe text a, a little bit. Full of face to face experiences. Yeah, and, and just not not even that much. But it, it was good to sit down with yeah. you in this time to um to just hear about where you've come from. Like I didn't know about all your past uh, experiences and the other jobs that you worked for. Yeah. And, and that it paints a different picture in my mind. So um, before we go, uh, can you let everybody know where they can find you at? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, most most uh, customers uh, follow my Instagram. It's Track Tough Rob. Um, that's T R A C T U F F Rob. Mm -hmm. um, had to put the Rob on there to try to make it personal. It used to just be track tough and it got no traction. Do you so. still have track tough? No, that's, that's gone now. I, I actually re just renamed it. So everything that if I were to try to change it back to track tough, obviously all those, those hashtags and everything get trashed. Gotcha. I was, gotcha. I was considering it. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's probably the most interactive you're going to get with me right now. Um, and then I have the website the website is www.tracktough.com. Again, that's T R A C it's all misspelled. So sometimes <laughs> they land on the wrong stuff. T R A C T U F F.com. Gotcha. The, uh, the website has pretty much everything. There's, it doesn't represent all the custom stuff. So Instagram's a good way to kind of get a feel for you know what yeah. I what I do, um, and then everyone ends up in the DM or through an email. Dope, yeah. man! Awesome. Any last minute shout outs? Uh, shout out to Downstar. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate the time, man. Thank Honestly, you, I appreciate uh, it. It was it was a it was a fun experience. Thank you. That's that's my job, man. I want I want you to leave here smiling, bro. I appreciate it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and if anybody's listening, and if you guys are interested in the downtime with Downstar shirts, like I said before, we're not gonna post them on the website on the front page under the apparel category. Uh, the only way you're gonna be able to find it is if you search DTWD. That's all the product's going to be called, and it's going to be hidden on the website. I only want people to have the apparel that actually listen. Uh, this is not about me.
about making money or anything like that. It's about support. Sweet. So little, if you guys little Easter egg, huh? yeah, <laughs> nice. Search DTWD, guys. Uh, once again, episode sixty-seven. Track tough, Rob, bro. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a good day.